Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Have to open up the gates, and you'll watch right here, as you will see, where are we here? Ooh, doo, doo, uh, right there, you're going to see our main man, Bill WD-40. There he is, jumping on in, Bill WD-40, lubing us up for tonight's show, because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth, and that's what Bill WD-40 does for us. Science Bob, thank you so much for the super chat. Very much appreciate your love and support. The super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. How you doing, Commonwealth Andrew? Good morning to you. And who else has jumped in here? Love v. Love and Beachy. How are you? All right, we're getting into UFOs. We had to change a guest tonight, Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast. One of the best podcasts out there on UFOs is here tonight, and uh, we're going to get into a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of cool stuff. Don't forget, check the ticker down below right there. We want to see you all in Vegas. You're going to get an email from us soon. Horns up. Let's rock. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show at our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We have a great show for you tonight. We're getting deep into the UFO world and how it's affecting you and the news that is happening all around because it is busy right now. UAP Studies podcast co-host Louis Borges is with us. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio will be here for the UFO report. And guess what? It's Dave 101 night tonight. And oh, Dave is feeling a little feisty. Dave is feeling a little little feisty so you'll have to tune in for that as well tonight we have a good friend of this show louis borges is here from uap studies podcast they are one of the top uap studies uh podcasts out there even though that is their name uh louis co-hosts the show with a good friend of ours named jason gilmet hey us canadian kids we have to stick together when it comes to reporting on the show and what they do is they created the idea of collecting knowledge from the best UFO investigators, researchers, scientists, and journalists from around the world. And they want to bring it up to date on what is happening in the field. They do a show once a month. You can find them on Spotify and every other podcast 
format that is out there. We're very glad to have Louie here tonight. Louie, how you doing, my man? Here, let's get you off mute. That one's my fault. Let's get you off there. Can you hear me all right yeah, now? Yeah, now I got you. Hey, amateur move by Dave tonight. Amateur yeah, and we got a show once a week, not once a month. We do uh, once a week. Okay. Two wrongs. Four months. Gee whiz. Gee now whiz. we can start. Now can, we can, can we start? You know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, of a clamped starting the show because you know as well as I do, man. You always want things to be perfect when it comes to the start of the show. And our YouTube show did not start off well because for some reason our our intro music didn't fire. I was listening it into my headphones. I could see it said mute on the bottom of my little uh, back room portal here. It was on mute, so I'm not sure oh, if that had that was to do with you that was on mute. And, oh, okay. yeah. And uh, so, you know what? It is what it is, but uh, we're going to rock and roll this show tonight as best as we can because there is a lot of news going on. And there was some breaking news earlier today in the UFO world regarding the country of San Marino, which is literally about, you know, the size of uh, a small town, but it's its own major country. But they have made major UFO news. And uh, before we get into that, Louis, let's introduce you to our audience for people who may not have heard you on this show before. How did you get interested in the whole UFO topic? Well, I've always been a science-minded guy. That was my major in school and uh, also a spiritual guy. And, you know, it wasn't so much of I believe or didn't believe. I just couldn't see why the type of creator I believed in would be so limited as to only put life on Earth. So I always kind of went at it with, uh, you know, a, a healthy skepticism, but a curiosity and then uh, as, you know, TV programs have gotten better in the last, let's say, dozen years, there's been, you know, decent uh, UFO television programming, documentaries. So, uh, you know, being a science guy, I would sort of watch more of the science-based stuff and kind of shy away from, that, you know, stuff that had people's own opinion or bias towards it. And then, uh, yeah, well, I actually met Jason Gilmet. I hired him to work uh, at my firm and uh, we started shooting the breeze one day and he goes, hey, I, I do this podcast and you'd make a really great guest. Like, you know, a lot about this. Why don't you come on the show? And so I said, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. And we just had a very fluid conversation and like an hour flew by and uh, it was really enjoyable for both of us. And, you know, it was kind of a a story of us becoming friends and co-hosts at the same time. And uh, we've subsequently become really good friends. He's probably my best friend. I'll be honest. Uh, We've bonded both in our personal lives as well as through the show. And then just by luck and sheer determination we've been able to get some names and put together a, almost an encyclopedia. And that's kind of what we want to do. We're not experts, but we talk to a lot of people that are as close to that definition as possible. And uh, yeah, that's uh, sort of what we do. That's why we don't do five nights a week. It is difficult to get some of these people. Some of these interviews take months and months and months to set up. And our availability has to be when theirs is, you know, if, uh, if Ralph Blumenthal says Sunday at 1 PM, that's when we're doing the show. So we don't we don't have the option of saying 9 p.m. every night, come join us. Maybe that's something we look at moving forward. But as of now, um, yeah, it's just an enjoyable thing. We consider it our digital living room and we just chat with really interesting people. We let them talk. We don't try to vie for airtime. You know, a lot of uh, shows that you watch, it's like you hear more of the host than the guest. And it drives me nuts. And we've had some positive comments from people saying thank you for not doing that. And so, yeah, we come at it with an open mind. We, uh, we believe everybody has a chance to tell their story the way they feel fit. We don't really hammer on people or put them on the spot or ask them silly questions. 
and it's been really enjoyable. And uh, 2023 is already shaping up to be an amazing year. What's the best answer you've ever got to the UFO question on the podcast? I asked Jacques Vallée, what does he want to tell everybody? And he said, suspend judgment. And to me, that was the most humble thing. I mean, if anybody has a right to have an ego or say, hey, I know more about this than you, it's Jacques Vallée. And for him to just be at like everybody else and say, you just don't know, you know, suspend judgment. You know, he's changed his mind half a dozen times in his career as well. So don't be so rigid in your beliefs and and hang on to acronyms. You know, like some people razz us that it's not UAP, it's UFO. And, you know, have fun with it. Have an open mind. Um, you know, we never would have thought 40 years ago that we'd be having these type of times where the government's openly talking about it a lot more than they were. This is probably as open as they're going to get. But, you know, if you told George Knapp 40 years ago that uh, his stories would eventually make the New York Times, he probably would think you're crazy. You know, that that is a, a great answer by Jacques Vallée there in regards to, you know, what, what we should be doing. I mean, do, do you think right now, looking at the entire UFO world with, with, you know, news breaking every few days now, that maybe, just maybe, we are, we are taking this subject a little bit too seriously and we're not letting it unfold that maybe the way it should? Yeah, I think so. I think there's definitely... I mean, everybody has an equal opinion, unfortunately, because, well, fortunately and unfortunately, because nobody knows, nobody has proof. So we're all kind of at the table and you can't really say, well, you know, what you're saying is nonsense, but what I'm saying is correct because we're kind of all in the same boat. So I sort of like the people that, again, suspend judgment and have an open mind about it and really don't get too caught up in, in what you think, because you look at the world of UFO Twitter, it's a mess. And if all we do is pump people up like Lou Elizondo and then throw stones at him, regardless of your opinion of Lou Elizondo, but, you know, we as people are very good at doing this. We love to have a hero and then we love to stone him to death. And I think that might prevent people from coming forward if they realize that this is going to happen to me too. I got a family, I got a career and a reputation. I don't want to go down that road. So I think it might be counterproductive if we go too hard and, Again, we risk looking more fringe than something the government should take seriously. You know, how do we learn to trust what is happening in the UFO community? You're relatively new. I'm eight years in, but I'm still considering myself being new. And, you know, so many times we hear these stories that, you know, we shouldn't trust the government. We shouldn't trust the process. We know this area is infiltrated with people trying to throw us curveballs and false Easter eggs all over the place. Yet here we are seemingly uh, shoved into a corner where we have no choice but to listen to the news that is breaking all around us. You know, how do we define you know, what is best for the UFO community, which eventually should be best for the UFO public and the public at large. I think you should take it all in, even the crazy stuff. And don't don't listen so much to the bias or the little man in your head that says, oh, you can't believe that it's coming from this source or it's coming from that guy's show. And he's, you know, not somebody I'm a fan of. So don't look at where it's coming from and don't read it with the bias of the person who wrote the article. Look at what's actually happening. Like, what does this mean? You mentioned today's a big day, the UN and San Marino. Like, what does that mean? The world's tiniest, well, except for Vatican City. I'm pretty sure San Marino is the second smallest country in the world pretty well. It's more like a big town. And why them of all people are they saying that the UN should take UFO seriously? So don't look at where the article is coming from. But if it's real news and it's verifiable, 
try to read between the lines. Like, what is actually happening? What does it mean rather than what is being said? Yeah, you got that right. And let's get right to it with San Marino today. Now, for people who don't know where San Marino is, it is a very tiny country. I mean, this country only has a population as of 2021 of just over 33,740 people. It's not a big country. Yet, this country has now become the center of ufology. San Marino is located in uh, literally surrounded by Italy. Okay. And it is a country that, that has uh, basically listens to the people. It's a, it's a really uh, many experts consider it the only real true democracy that is on the planet. And it, it's very strange that all of a sudden, you know, for the last three years, Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, and many others who have been pitching disclosure, have been pushing the government of San Marino to really break out and be the country of focus when it comes to UFOs. And today, their government announced that unanimously, they will be taking the subject of UFOs into the United Nations for discussion among every country in the world. This hasn't happened since the 1970s. And Louis, I mean, this is amazing that a little country like San Marino that doesn't even have 40,000 people has now become the biggest country in the world when it comes to pushing for UFO disclosure. And maybe this is all a setup. Maybe no big country wants to take the risk. So maybe this is planned you know I, I i can't see any other reason why a country that nobody knows of really in the in the main population i mean if you're a geography buff you probably know san marino but i bet you most of the people listening right now a have never heard of it or b at least would not be able to tell you where it is so maybe it's a reason to you just need any country to be able to go to the un you just need somebody and if nobody else is willing or there's too many implications because you have a huge population Maybe you're scared of the same things that some people theorize the American government is scared of. People will start to abandon their faith and belief in politicians and all the rest. So maybe it was just a way to get somebody with a ticket to the U.N. meeting or conference to say, hey, put this on your little ballot of things you want to ask. Because no matter if it goes good or bad, it's not going to affect anything. And, you know, we know Italy is very um, big in this topic as well. And maybe having something to do with that. I know even on um, uh, Lou Elizondo's show, Unidentified, you know, there was... Um, portions of certain episodes showing him meeting with Italian officials saying these things like shot at our choppers and took down our equipment. And when we basically engaged them, so I know they're motivated to find out what the hell this is as well. So to me, again, if I'm trying to read through the lines and not look at what's being said, uh, my opinion is that this is, this was planned and uh, it's a small enough country that it's not going to do any damage either way. But it's a reason to publish this, and it's a reason for them to go to their own countries now and say, hey, if the UN's looking at this, we have to as well. Maybe it's a, a backdoor way of getting that same end goal. So this is what happened, and one of their members of government, a gentleman named Paolo Gizardi, and I hope I pronounced that right, and I apologize if I didn't, uh, typed on Twitter eight hours ago, San Marino's parliament approved participation in Project Titan, after 75 years, UAP slash UFO will again be brought at humanity's highest council attention, 
Hopefully, it will also facilitate a climate of cooperation and rapprochement between world states. Hashtag UFO Twitter. Now, Project, uh, a lot of people may not be familiar with Project Titan update. He followed it up by saying, I followed the stream debate, but the words of the speaker after the vote, the agenda is not approved, seems to be related to comma five, the only comma where a vote on the agenda is mentioned, but it did end up passing through and the parliamentary work literally got things done. So I'm going to assume this Paulo Gisardi is a reporter. Pardon me for calling him a parliamentarian there. And the idea behind this is... I think the reason why Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon were focusing on this was because they probably knew getting true disclosure out of the United States and the military branches would be impossible. They knew they were going to hit roadblocks. They knew that they were going to hit uh, a lot of of railroad ties that were un you know unmatched uh, together, causing the train to fall off the tracks. And you might as well focus on a country that has no military, no stake in the game, and just wants the the facts to come out. I think that's the way it happened. I don't have any proof of this, but it's just it just in reading the storyline that seems to what's played out, Lou. Yeah, I totally agree. That's well said. That's basically what I was saying as well. And if you look at the actions of uh, Lou Elizondo in the last what, 12 months, you know very well that he approached the Canadian government. So it's not like these guys are going to stop. If they really are what they say they are, they're going to keep going because they're passionate about this. Or maybe there is an agenda. Maybe they are working for somebody. Who knows? There's a million and one theories. But all of them would still point to the fact that they are going to keep going. If they approach a government with a threat narrative and they're not interested, that's not game over. That's just turn your action somewhere else. So I know for a fact that he has connections in Italy even if you watch his History Channel program, you see some of the meetings, whatever they allow on the on television, it didn't get edited. And I'm sure there's been a lot more since then, subsequently. So I think he's just, these guys are utilizing their resources to the best of their ability. I think he did that to help get the Tic Tac video out in the first place. And I believe that more than ever, now that I spoke with Ralph Blumenthal last Sunday, he was our last guest. And we asked him about that article and, you know, and we said like, was this given to you? Did somebody tell you to write this? Is this just you and Leslie Kane and Helene Cooper's pet project? Like, how did it come up? And he goes, a lot of people think it was a plant. There's a lot of conspiracy about it. He's like, genuinely, it wasn't. We were just brought this info. And because it wasn't people that were, you know, sort of not willing to go on the record, they were verifiable military people. The New York Times ran it because it wasn't hearsay. It was this guy's willing to testify that this is what happened. And therefore, the whole, you know, glowing aura and black money 2017 article was written. So I believe more than ever now since speaking to uh, to Ralph that that's the case. Yeah. And you know what? The fact is this. I'm now curious to see how this is going to get brought up in the United Nations. I'm very curious to see what will the Americans think, because their own people were helping set up San Marino for this. Their own people yeah. who work for government agencies. I mean, that's that's a little interesting to me. I'm curious to see how the bigger countries are going to react, whether it's Great Britain, whether it's China, Russia, Japan, India. 
I'm curious to see how this is going to go because we don't have a date yet of when it's going to go down, but we do know that it is going to happen now. And what that says to me more than anything is that we know it's not ours. Because if you were giving away military secrets in a treasonous way, you'd go to jail or get the death penalty. So we know for a fact that, you know, because like you said, these guys are working for agencies, cooperating with other governments about this topic. If this was a a top secret, this is our military, it doesn't get out, you would go to jail. That would be treason. You've effectively discussed government secrets in a military capacity with a foreign agency. That's grounds for going to jail for the rest of your life. So this whole idea that maybe it's ours, maybe it's someone else's, it's definitely not the Americans if they're sharing and getting San Marino to do their bidding at the UN, which I think is exactly what's happening. We got four minutes to go before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast is our guest tonight. I'm just I, I'm just stunned by this that it's actually going to the UN because I have been pushing and it's funny I had a very uh, deep talk with science Bob Bob McGuire today about the whole disclosure subject and the way the doors seem to be closing left right and center regarding the UFO topic uh, around Washington DC and around the alphabet agencies and the military because they you know in my estimation they're hiding something they are hiding what they know and they don't want it to get out in the public and and I believe that the entire disclosure process has been compromised and I've been saying that for for a while and Bob and I had a talk about this and I think it's because of this I think that there is 50% of the people who want it out and they will do whatever they can to get it out but they want to keep their uh, their jobs intact, so they're putting everything behind closed doors. And then I do believe the other fifty percent are scared uh, out of their wits about what the possibility of alien life actually being here. Whether it's because of their religious beliefs, whether it's because of their own personal beliefs, and hey, people have fears about the strangest things, you know. And and yeah, I, I mean, this affects it affects everybody, even the guys in the government, you know, like. Uh... Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Guys like Jim Semivan working for the CIA have grays show up in his bedroom. So nobody's immune from this. And you're right. It scares the crap out of those who don't get it. And the ones that do get it know the implications. Absolutely. And I think that's why they needed to push it to San Marino. And, you know, the word San Marino had been coming out of Elizondo's mouth for three years. You know, so the big question is, what do you think is going to be the difference between what they have to say coming out of San Marino and what would possibly come out of the United States? Well, I think the United States has drawn so many lines in the sand for 70 years Definitely not. We're not investigating this. We don't have evidence. We don't have proof. They've committed so much to that story 
they will never rescind it because then it means that you've lied to the people for decades. You'll never gain faith again. So I don't think they can undo, even though the people in power now weren't the ones who had those policies 70 years ago, but they're left holding the bag. And they, I, I don't think disclosure can come from the U.S. I think it needs to go these roundabout ways. And I think even the Americans know that. And that's what we're seeing now. Uh, and we're going to see more of it. We will be seeing more of it. Do you think that this topic will gain ground at the U.N.? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think there's already work in motion. It wouldn't go to this kind of publication. And countries don't just say stuff on Twitter. You know, like this is there's a reason this is being put out this message right now, right today. Don't be surprised if some subsequent info uh, comes shortly after. Or maybe there's a U.N. summit coming that we don't know of or. Maybe we do know, and I just don't know, but I think it's to prep this. It's sort of a setup for what's what's to come, but I think the wheels are already farther in motion than we think. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how far those wheels are actually in motion because, look, there's a great comment here in our chat room from Robo1776. Everyone loves to blame the three-letter agencies. What BS? The government doesn't know any more than the 1,000 or citizens. It's easy to hide behind the BS line of ill reasoning. I mean, that is a truthful statement. We don't know. Like, for instance, I don't believe the politicians know what's going on. I don't believe that whatsoever. It's compartmentalized at the highest level. Most of the people don't have a clue and have good intentions and just don't know. I, I agree. So... The conversation continues. When we return on Spaced Out Radio, we're going to take a look into MUFON. And this will lead up to the second hour where we get into a brand new company called Enigma Labs that seems to be doing some really strange stuff when it comes to UFOs and their secretiveness. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. Good start, man. All right. Yeah, likewise. I'm just going to hit the can. I'll be right back. Yeah, How you many? Go. We got five minutes? Yeah, we got five minutes. Five minutes? Have one for me, right. okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Appreciate that. Bob Davis, how you doing? Uh, Markham, are you, are you signing autographs yet? No, you got to wait till after the show. And uh, everybody in the chat room, I just want you to introduce you to Eric Markham there. Uh, Eric's been a listener of this show since uh, 2016, and uh, he's a good friend, and uh, welcome him with open arms, because I think you're going to see him as a regular back here uh, uh, hanging on out with us almost on a nightly basis if he's not working. So uh, make sure you you welcome him in uh, with open arms. So appreciate you for doing that. Guys, I got to tell you my day. I have literally, I woke up at like 7, my alarm went off at like 7 o'clock, and then 7.05, then 7.10, then 7.15. I finally got out of bed and uh, got my son ready for school, got him down to the bus stop, and I have literally been talking UFOs since 8 o'clock this morning. 8 o'clock this morning is when it started for me. And I have not stopped, though I, I did stop for dinner, and I think I had about a 30-minute nap. But it has been going all day with phone calls. Hi, Crystal J. How are you? 
and it has been just a nuts day in trying to get information and line up. Uh, this is what I love to do. This is what I love to do. I love working the phones. I love being able to talk to people and gain that information that I can then relay to you guys. It's something that's, honestly, it's almost as good as uh, as being on the show. And, and it's funny because I, I got into the studio tonight and I've had to have my phone on the charger twice today. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been crazy. Crazy day today. Crazy awesome. Uh, love V Love. I do have an assistant or two. And Terry Hall and uh, Kira and Cat Chaser. No, not Cat Chaser, sorry. Uh, Spookles the Cat. Dirty Filth, he, he's a big help. You know, even though he's got six toes on each foot, he's a big help. Six toes on each foot, Filth. Yeah, look at that. He's like, hold on one second here. Yeah, I wonder what he's drawing. It looks like a, a UFO. A couple of aliens there. Maybe one looks like Elvis. Is that Elvis coming back on a spaceship? The one on the left by your paint right there? Looks like Elvis. It was not Elvis. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to redeem that slice of pizza in Vegas, Dave. Oh, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'm even going to let, you know, at first I was just going to put a plain cheese pizza, but I'm going to let you throw a little uh, pepperoni on there. How about some, some, some a little bit of jalapeno on there? Uh, whatever you want, buddy. Whatever you want. Excellent. Yeah, you're my buddy. You deserve it. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Oh, Thin Lizzy. I opened up a new Oracle deck yesterday and freaked out when I saw the UFO card. I would love to see that card. Could you uh, take a picture of it and, and send it to me? I would love to see that card. Uh, a random guy is here. Random guy. You can go to our Spaced Out Radio store on our website and get a random guy t-shirt. There's a couple there for you to choose from. Yep. Random guy. Love it. Dogface Simon, how are you? Candy R, how are you? Nice to see you again. And who else is here? Uh, Mark Sanchez. Good to see you, buddy. We'll see you in Vegas. Louie, are you still planning on coming to the Vegas party? You and Jason? I got to see with my wife and new baby. That's the only complication. So I'm still I'm still hoping to be there, but I just haven't uh, been able to confirm. Yeah. Uh, Raz Jason I think is coming down though I think Jason's good to go isn't he I hope so I gotta confirm yeah. with him soon C- Cecil how you doing buddy Jeremy Jones nice to see you uh, yes I did have a horrible salad yesterday but uh, got it made up with tonight with uh, uh, soft tacos soft tacos it was a fantastic dinner and I put a little uh, ghost pepper uh, hot sauce on there Oh, I'm burning bright inside right now. Rugged Source, welcome to SOR Chat. we got 10 seconds. Thank you to Science Bob and Ed Clater for the Super Chats. Remember, if you're interested in joining us in Vegas in May, look at the ticker below, and here we go.
second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. From the UAP Studies Podcast, one of the two hosts, Louis Borges, is here with us tonight. We're going to get into a little bit of MUFON news because apparently, Louis, uh, your sources are telling you that MUFON may have some big news coming up within the next 30 to 60 days. Yeah, I won't say who told me because they, they told me off of our recording. But yeah, they basically said towards the end of January, approximately, uh, there's going to be some type of uh, an announcement. And I kept pressing and pressing. And finally, this person told me that it basically has to do with more of a cooperation between the government and MUFON. So in this latest report, you know, they were saying that basically it was just a regurgitation, but in the fine lines there of how they're going to collect data, what agencies they should cooperate with. I believe what this person was getting at was that the government will take a look at what MUFON has. I kind of like to think they already know. I don't think if there was anything, however many hundreds of thousands of files they have, I'm sure they have a pretty good idea what's in most of them. Nothing that's like scary or detrimental to them keeping it a secret, but According to this person, uh, yeah, MUFON's going to play a big role this year. And I know there's a lot of varying opinions on MUFON, and I'm sure we can chat about that too. You know, I'm not sure I feel comfortable with that. I really don't know if I feel... You mean with MUFON, MUFON. working with the government? Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that as being their role. And I had had to talk with somebody up up high uh, about this a couple of weeks ago. And... You know, I don't understand why MUFON, who is supposed to be the voice of the public when it comes to this, they rely on public resources, they rely on public reports, they rely on personal experiences and personal data regarding their sightings and or experiences. And the fact that they want to now get into bed with the U.S. government regarding ufos i can understand the intrigue don't get me wrong but as someone who has been emphasizing the fact that we need a ufo watchdog out there to call out some of this stuff i think it's a bad move by mufon i don't think that that it's healthy for what they allegedly are supposed to be standing for yeah, and I think a lot of the people that have gone to MUFON, they went there knowing it was a private organization. They didn't go there knowing that the government has oversight on that. Maybe some of these people work in roles that they didn't feel comfortable discussing it with their colleagues or their higher up. So I think that's a bit of a betrayal to anybody who went to MUFON thinking it was a safe place for their testimony. Uh, but again, I still have a part of the back of my mind that says the government already knows what's in their files. Um and yeah, maybe, but again, too, they're very quick to say that we, you can't take witness testimony seriously, and that's why you can't study this phenomenon seriously. But then, on the other hand, if they're going to get involved with that, that's, that's contradictory to that. It's almost like the government says, unless it comes from us, it's not true, but very quickly, that's falling apart. 
Well, I mean, let's face it. You know, as Raz says in our chat room, a UFO watchdog is a nice dream, but it is just a nice dream, Dave. And I would agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, and, and I would agree with the listener on that. But MUFON, when they started 50-plus years ago, they started it because they wanted to get an indep- be an independent source as to why the government was covering up the UFO phenomena. And as they got bigger and developed a board of directors and and then, you know, the board of directors kind of has moved on and is like, almost like a an, an entire separate entity compared to the state directors and the field investigators who take in the reports from people. To me, I, I just don't understand how this is being run and what Dave McDonald is doing, you know, even trying to get into the government. I mean, is it ego? Is it something that MUFON is, is working a personal agenda here? I really don't know. What's your thoughts, Lou? Maybe they don't have a choice. I mean, part of me thinks that too. Maybe they don't have a choice. Maybe they've been subpoenaed for this stuff. Uh, you know, maybe they're under a, a non-disclosure. Who knows? There's so much stuff that's going on. But again, too, you mentioned the current administration. It's not the same folks that were doing this 50 years ago. So as times change, people's opinions change. Now, more than ever, people are more about their own kind of, they, they want to leave a sort of a legacy. So maybe somebody thinks that if they can contribute through government to be part of the final disclosure, it'll be kind of a lasting thing that they can say, hey, I did that, you know? So maybe there is some ego involved with that. Or again, maybe they don't have a choice. Part of me thinks that they don't. Well, you know what? You know what's funny is I spoke at the MUFON Symposium last year. And I talked to a gentleman named Bob Spearing, who's been a long time part of MUFON. He'll be a guest on this show next week. And I I, I will be hitting him up uh, on this a little bit more. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed at the MUFON conference, and please, please, please don't take this the wrong way when I say this, but I really don't know how to say it outside of, you know, blue collar talk. There was a lot of old people there. And when I say old, and I would include myself in that category, you know, I was, I'm 49 years old and I would say the majority, like 95, 90 to 95% of the people had there had to be over 45 to 50. And there were very few young people at the symposium, which actually kind of shocked me because For any organization to survive, you need a mixture of veteran people who know uh, the system inside out, but you have to be bringing in younger people into these symposiums and into these talks in order for them to learn so the next generation has that ability to take over rather than you know, having one generation lose that generation and then you have a bunch of blind young people who don't really know what the generation before them did. That was scary to me. Yeah, I think it it comes down to the age of the majority of people into this topic. And I think a lot of people, you know, it started with comics and sci-fi movies and all that. So like our demographic for UAP Studies podcast is between 30 and 65. That's like 99% of our audience. I mean, there's views where we don't have a single person under the age of 25 who watches it. So I, I think maybe they're not represented in MUFON symposiums or other conferences because either A, they're just not in that topic yet, 
or they're not as enthusiastic as the people who've been following this for a long time. Those are the diehards and they do the tour and even the speakers. I mean, a lot of them have been doing this for many, many, many years, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I get that. But do you think though, that MUFON has lost their way? And I ask that with caution because Jason, uh, your partner is a part of MUFON Canada. He's, he's the Western investigator for Western yep. Can- for British Columbia as part of MUFON Canada. And I like MUFON Canada. I, I, I think that they need a little bit more organization, but I think that they at least have some good people involved with them. And, and I wish they would put their conference back on uh, the Alien Cosmic Expo because that is a good, good conference there. But, I mean, the idea behind it is what do you think that MUFON's role should be in 2023? It's hard to say. I mean, if you don't grow, you die. So if they don't adapt, they're not really going to stay current, right? And there's stuff like you mentioned earlier, there's stuff coming out every single day. So how do you get that level of being current unless you change something? One thing I will say about the MUFON people, we've had quite a few on our show, and uh, we recently chatted with uh, Jeremy Ray. He's the uh, state director of MUFON for uh, Colorado. He was also on Hangar One MUFON Files. So Great guy. He's a pretty recognizable guy. Great guy. And, uh, yeah, he's basically basically saying all, all of the same stuff, you know, like they need to change. Um, and, like, they have an enthusiasm that's – they wish they could do it all themselves. A lot of – like, nobody gets paid. They do all these investigations on their own time. They do some of the most amazing work, like professional quality investigations. But I think the people who speak on behalf of MUFON is above them, and they don't really reflect the same as the actual investigators. The investigators are like boots on the ground, live and die and breathe this stuff. But there is a layer of politics within the organization. You know, what do I think the role should be? I don't really know that I'm sure what the role ever was. It just seemed like a place that would take UFOs seriously when the government wasn't, and the government still kind of isn't. So there is a relevance there. Do I agree with the politics? I don't know, but people come and go, things change, and who knows? Maybe there's a lot more going on behind the scenes. The fact that my source would tell me something big was coming means it's probably already been announced within MUFON, or at least amongst the state directors and the big people, so... Uh, I think we're going to learn more about MUFON this next year than we ever have before. Well, the one thing that and the person I was talking to a couple of weeks ago about this, because the person came out right to me and said, you know, Dave, what is what is your issue with MUFON? And I said, I don't have an issue with MUFON. I said, I do have some concerns. And I said, my 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 good friend, Tom Whitmore, who spent a couple decades on the board of directors for MUFON. You know, he and I talked quite a bit, and uh, I shared with him some of those concerns. I said one of the problems that MUFON has had in history is if something happens big and and the public wants to know about it, the public wants answers, they've had this attitude where if they don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. You know, if if we just shut up, it doesn't exist. And they did that going back to 2007 when billionaire um, hotel magnate Robert Bigelow bought into Buffon for about $600,000, $700,000 in exchange for files. Yeah, and, and actually Jeremy Ray, he was in that, uh, in that group of people looking at those high-end files and like they didn't see the injection of money. 
he said that basically they got a hundred bucks per interview, but they were doing it just because they were being exposed to this. So I'm not sure where all that money went because it didn't go to the investigators. I know that. Yeah. And okay. So they never really addressed that. They never really addressed the, the concerns about racism with former investigator and state director of Pennsylvania, uh, John Ventry. They never, ever got into that publicly. They never made a statement regarding the arrest of former executive director Jan Harzan about a year and a half, two years ago now, where he was arrested for allegedly uh, trying to solicit uh, relations, shall we say, with a teenage girl online. And he was caught down in Huntington Beach, California. They never... Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Address that. They never even did an internal investigation to see whether or not other members of MUFON were involved. Dave McDonald, the new executive director who took over from Jan Harzan, basically said, hey, let's just shut up. Let's let the court system do their thing, and we're not saying a thing. Well, no, you have to. You have thousands of people who have given you their honest reports. You need to say something. You need to make sure that you aren't compromised one way or another. And that personal information from thousands of people across North America and the world have their information safe, their personal information. And that it wasn't sitting on a computer with a bunch of horrendous videos or whatever it may be. You yeah. can't, you can't yeah, they do gotta, it. They, they got to at least do their due diligence within the organization. Maybe they can't speak publicly. Maybe they don't want to get sued. You know, I could see that, but at least say, We've made sure that no female members have had any issues. Uh, we made sure that there was no inappropriate, you know, imagery or whatever on company computers and that type of stuff. They could have addressed it without saying he's guilty or not, you know, with at least giving him a chance for a fair trial. They, they could have politically correct or, in, or done it in a politically correct way. Absolutely. And my suggestion to a couple of friends on the board was you need to hire a, an independent investigator right now an independent investigator to make sure that there is nobody else within your organization that is involved with this stuff. Yeah. And they never did it. I know it got brought up, but it got shot down from, from the top on down. And that is wrong. And now you look at Dave McDonald, the executive director, and I will put the heat on him who wants to play ball with the U.S. government. He wants so bad to be in MUFON, to be in that conversation. To me, he is recklessly putting the entire history of MUFON in jeopardy for what they were originally supposed to stand for. 
which was be the voice of the people and the public, which is why they're allegedly nonprofit, and be the voice, the eyes, the ears of the public in order to keep this subject in the know. And they're not doing it. They never said anything about the TTSA when they came out. They even tried, Jan Harzan was even trying to to get uh, MUFON involved with the TTSA. We know they had talks. How successful they were, I'm not sure. But I don't understand why they are going down this road when they are reliant on people like you, like me, like our listeners, to give them free information about something that can be very personal for somebody who has been abducted or had contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's there's dollar signs. Like with any U.S. government contract, there's big money. And I, I can't see them handing over those files for free or not necessarily will sell them to you, but some future contingencies, some ongoing funding to do better quality investigations. I, I think somebody has dollar signs in their eyes. If you look at what motivates most people, and particularly males, and I'm a male, but let's be honest, it's money and women usually. So it, it, with the lack of a woman sort of uh, being the catalyst there, I think maybe they get dollar signs or they don't have a choice. I think somebody's Somebody is uh, playing the politics, and it's becoming obvious. I think that they, I think that they want to know. The heads of Mufon want to know so badly what the government knows, or what they allegedly know, that they are willing to sell their soul to the devil. You know, yeah. it's Robert. They're not going to find out it, anyway. It's it's, they, it's, they it's won't Robert. Find anything. It's Robert Patterson, man, going down to the crossroads to meet with the devil to get that musical talent. And then dying at 27 and starting the club 27. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it doesn't feel very good. It doesn't feel very good at all. And I think people need to be wary. And, and the public needs to be wary of, of what they are trying to accomplish. Because I don't want my personal information getting to the U.S. government regarding if I call in a UFO. The government doesn't need to know. I mean, yes, people will say, well, gee, the government already has your phone number. They have your address, your social security number. They have your email addresses. They know where you work. They have your taxes and everything. The government already knows. Yes, but that's because we have to sign that paperwork. They don't need to know what I'm experiencing on my private time. That's what the MUFON database is supposed to be, private, that my information is supposed to be protected and there is going into business with the government regarding UFOs, it puts that in danger. Even if they say, no, 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 Louie, your stuff isn't in danger. We're not compromising anything. Really? Then why are you going uh, or begging to be a part of this? Yeah. And what else do they have that the government would want other than the files? That's all they are. It's a giant collection. But my question to you, Dave, is what do you think about the members and what do they think about this? Because if enough people within MUFON make enough noise and say, no, no, we're not for this, you don't know, you no longer have investigators or state directors. You don't have a MUFON because MUFON is the work of the body of people that do it for free. So have you heard anything from any of the members? Because it's the first, I mean, I, I haven't heard any dissent within the ranks, so to speak. I what think, about you? I think they are all waiting to see how it plays out to see how much 
how much of the their soul is sold to the devil? I think that's the way they're playing out. But most investigators with MUFON will tell you point blank, Louie, that that what they do is so different from what the board of directors does. It's like two separate entities. And it's weird because realistically, from what I've been told, the MUFON board of directors really doesn't care about the states, about the investigators. They really don't. They want the information. That's what they are about. They want the information, they want the donations, and they want to be a part of the story. Well, if they had a strong PR person who actually knew how to work PR, they would have that. And it's real simple. Like I told my my friend on the phone call the other day, I said, if you guys want to get in front of the news, this is before the UFO report came out, I said, why haven't you focused on the public? Where is your press release as the voice of the public saying, hey, government, where's our report? Where is it? Now, granted, the UFO report came out on January 12th. Okay, but still, you had two and a half months of tardiness to say, where's the report? Why didn't you? Would have got you in the news. Would have helped put the pressure on. And there's so many other things they could be doing. But I can see why they're not if they're trying to get into bed with the government regarding this subject. Yeah, that's the only thing that makes sense, because if you wanted to be sort of like the leader of the people and be like the independent sort of body, that's a perfect opportunity. You know, if it was up to Grant Cameron, he'd be saying, hey, you know, where the hell's that report? And he'd be getting all the credit for standing up for what we're all thinking. So it was a perfect opportunity for a big body like MUFON to say, we unofficially represent the people and we feel like we have enough numbers to go to Congress and say it's not acceptable and we have a right to give that opinion. The only reason they wouldn't, as you said, is maybe because there's already this government interplay going on. Maybe it's been going on a long time and now it's just kind of bubbling up. Maybe they've been watching it from the beginning. I mean, if it started 50 years ago, government was still looking into UFOs 50 years ago too and didn't really have the resources that we do nowadays, right? So that's a pretty good a fountain of information to just ignore if you are, in fact, studying this phenomenon. Well, let me ask you. Let's say you live in Washington State because you live in British Columbia where I am. You live in Washington State and you file your UFO report to move on. How would you feel knowing that your federal government now knows that you're a UFO eyewitness? For sure. It's a total breach of trust. I mean, if if they're going to do that, they have to officially acknowledge that we are now in cooperation with from this point moving forward. I think everybody whose testimony is in the past, that should be, be sort of grandfathered. Like that should not be that was given with the intent of it being private. And, you know, journalists won't reveal its source. And that's basically what it is. It's an ethical thing more than a legal thing. Ethically, they should not divulge anybody's personal story unless that person consented. And nowadays, in a court of law, that would never stand up because the person would say, I never consented to this, you know, uh, interrogation or phone recording or whatever. You have to know that this is going to these parties. So I don't even think it would be legal for them to officially acknowledge that they're doing that. But the government does a lot of things that aren't outwardly legal, and we never hear about it either. So. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because MUFON is about to have some competition coming up here 
with this new Enigma Labs that everybody is learning about. And already, Enigma Labs, as far as we know, we don't even know if they've been around over a year because their name has only been popping up the last few months. But apparently this, and we'll get into it next hour, this Enigma Labs is coming in with some very, very deep pockets. And they want your reports. But I'm going to tell you why that it may not be a good idea to submit your reports to Enigma Labs. Because when you're an Enigma, how do you trust it? Louis Borges from the UAP Studies Podcast is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. You can find them on Spotify. Him and his partner, Jason Gilmet, who has a fantastic beard and mustache combination. Louis, not so much. He likes to shave every day. We'll change that for the Vegas party when he gets there. Spaced Out Radio is hour number two. Coming up next, stay tuned. All right, buddy, we are clear. Very good, sir. I'm going to take a quick break. Dirty Filth, we're going to turn this bad boy over to you because you are the man, the myth, what, and the legend. What's he drawing? Oh, look at that. Well, that was yesterday. Oh, that was yesterday. That's awesome. Gosh, it almost yeah. had like a Rascals look to it, the type of type of uh, animation, like the cartoon, the Rascals. That, that was from yesterday. We had Merle on. They were talking about ghosts in Southern California. So I figured, you know, Merle's hunting ghosts and the ghost's talking to him. Maybe the ghost could just talk right into the recorder, but they'd never do that. That's right. We'll be back in just a minute here, Dirty. All right. Don't Don't steal all All right, everybody. I'm going to steal you guys and everything. So go to filthy.com. That's F-Y-L-T-H-Y.com. Buy my book and calendar. Come to Vegas. I'll give you cartoons and... Maybe a slice of pizza or something. I don't know. I'm actually going to draw some cartoons while I'm there. So, <clears throat> Perhaps, if you're lucky enough, you'll get a, a Vegas cartoon. Maybe. You know, random guy, I bet you he's just letting out the the dog men to clear the yard of rowdy Sasquatches or something like that. It's probably what he's doing, actually. Fart joke. Hey, Grandmaster, in the hockey game between, oh boy, I think it was Tampa and Vancouver last night, somebody let a ripper go during the game. It was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and then Vancouver lost. Suckers. This is going to be a good one, though. Trust me. Uh, all I can say is some alien mechanics right now. Merle. Merle. David Page. The calendar's awesome. Thank you. I think the redacted notes are the coolest part. Because you get to have redacted notes on it. 
actually shout out to my web witch. Uh, Fabala Ellis was the one that came up with that idea. And I appreciate that. Can't believe I have no cats here tonight either. This is just unprecedented. And I don't know if the word is canonically or canonly or whatever. Nonetheless, this one alien here, he's the guy in an older drawing that crashed in Shag Harbor. I think it was 1967, 62. I can't remember. And he's, he's trained his apprentice, basically. So yeah, that's that was my thought for the show. Also because of my witty comments once I ink up the the lettering and everything. <clears throat> Excuse me. Boy, I forget what color hat he had originally. Yeah, the aliens got the orange border with the yellow speech balloon. Give him some crusty old brown shirts to wear. They're just dirty old mechanics anyways. Well, here I am. Rambling to myself. Dave's not here. Lewis, nor to be seen. Alright, I'm about to take this show and go all the way till 3 a.m. I will. Sit here and draw cartoons. This crusty shirt. I actually knew a guy that made hot rods. It was pretty cool. All right, I am back. How you doing there? Uh, oh, look, there's the afternoon shift, Dave. Yeah. Actually. By the way, Thin Lizzy, thank you for sending me that card, the UFO card. That is a powerful card. Powerful card. Gave me uh, chills going right up my spine. That was friggin' cool. And, oh, hey, Clam. The clamster. Well, you know, you never go wrong with a little clam in your life. Jason Lamas over on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Sounds like somebody wonked the guitar. Sounds like it. Uh, uh, Dirty filth. Question for you: Does Blob's absence indicate? That he or she is sleeping off all the hard work of walking on your drawings from earlier in the day. Blob is currently downstairs, passed out, and the gremlin is passed out beside her. Awesome. Hey, I basically, to... go ahead. Basically, Blob is like the auntie that would buy you cigarettes and yeah, you know, beat up the bullies. All right, here we go with hour number two, everyone. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate 
earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Iambo, Iambo Grapher? I don't even know what this is. Iambo Grapher? Yeah, well, whatever it is, the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Hour number two, we have our good friend from UAP Studies Podcast, co-host Louis Borges, who hosts a weekly show with Jason Gilmet, and uh, you can find it on Spotify. Literally, it is one of the best podcasts you can hear on the UFO subject anywhere in North America, if not the world. Louis, thank you so much for joining us, my man. Thanks for having me, Dave. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, I feel like I'm chatting with a friend. It doesn't feel like we're doing a show. Feels like we're just, uh, this is like a virtual living room. So always good to be with you. Well, it is good. And, and you know, we thank our, our audience for making it that way too. Whether they're listening terrestrially or in our chat room live right now or on the podcast version or wherever they may be, you know. So we got to thank them for making it a great show. We really do. But uh, I want to get into this group that's coming out called Enigma Labs. Now, don't be surprised if we don't know too much about it right now because this group has literally come out of nowhere to really take over a lot of the UFO stuff that we are seeing. Now, their website is pretty basic. You know, you're not going to see a lot of information that is on there. But realistically, this is what we do know about Enigma. We don't know who their board of directors are. They're keeping it secret. You can tell by the website where literally, if you go to About Us, there's nobody there. They tell you that they are a neutral group. UAP goes beyond politics. Our company is nonpartisan and open to working with everyone. We are a neutral, we are neutral on the origins of the phenomena. Premature assumptions and logical fallacies can lead to the wrong conclusions. We are a neutral aggregator and aim to empower those studying the phenomena with historical context, real-time alerts, and analytic tools. We are open-minded and will follow the science wherever it leads. They claim that they are global. UAP have appeared across the planet for over a century in various forms. The cross-border nature of sightings requires a global framework. We aim to find answers through investigation and conversation that examines the phenomena from the perspective of all nations, languages, and culture. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits. Benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. When you are running a business, you want to maximize every minute and every dollar. That's where DocuSign can help. DocuSign gives you the freedom to complete business agreements from virtually anywhere on any device. 
And with features like real-time SMS delivery, your signers can complete agreements right away, right from their phones. Get signatures back in minutes, not days. It's that simple. Visit DocuSign.com today to learn how DocuSign can add valuable time back to your day. They claim to be professional. They are individuals who have dedicated their lives to researching UAP. We are indebted to them and stand on their shoulders. Yet UAP remains a mystery. That is why Enigma adopted a fresh approach taking advantage of modern tools, business models, and skill sets. In order to attract the brightest minds and build for the long term, we formed as a private company. We take the mission seriously and embrace complexity. We are a team of full-time diverse professionals from many backgrounds, data science, machine learning, aerospace, citizen science, consumer product design, particle physics, sailing, visual arts, finance, journalism, military service, and public policy, to name a few. We are grateful to everyone who has supported us so far. But who are they? There's nothing on their website showing who they are. Yet, you can... Go to the part just above that, Dave. I read it earlier, and it says, uh, you know, about our members. We don't discuss our members as we prefer them to remain anonymous or something like that. It was very cryptic. Yeah, let me find yeah. that. Let me. Find it was on the about us. You were there. Uh, one of them, I, I read it earlier, and it basically, I think it, it's about our, uh, I thought it was just above the we are. It could be wrong. I, I'm not finding that. I, I have read that, though, that they want to remain in, in the private. Now, we are hearing rumors that a gentleman named Peter Thiel is the one who is funding this. Now, Peter Thiel is a multi-billionaire. He's 55 years old. He's the co-founder of PayPal, Palatin, Palantir Technologies, and Founders Fund. He is one of the first outside investors in Facebook. And let's find out what he's worth. Oh, by the way, he's I found, worth... I found the line here, Dave. So it's just above the section you were reading. So it goes to advance progress on UAP using cutting-edge technology and social intelligence, only through thoughtful, open-minded study, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it says, we are focused on building and keep our team low profile for privacy. So how do you get people's trust to send you their encounter story if they don't know who you are? Great point. I wish I had an answer for that. But here was something. Is there even a section that says, like, submit your story or there report is. a UAP? Yeah. Is there? Yeah. There is. A, they want your sightings, much like MUFON does. Apparently, the report takes two to three minutes. If you have questions or feedback, you may email us at submit at enigmalabs.io. Okay. So yeah. let's start a report here. My name is Dave. We're going to start. You no, know, it just. It, it's more and more reminiscent as you're as you're bringing all this up. It's like there's got to be money here. It's almost like the government is willing to pay for external data. Maybe they really are taking it seriously and they need the data and they're not getting it because nobody's reporting it to the government because they don't take it seriously. So maybe that's why MUFON's getting involved. Maybe there's money here for even just the analytics. And they even said that in their About Us. We have analytic tools what do you need analytic tools if you're just, you know, creating reports? It's because you're making patterns and you're looking to sort of compile something that has a value to someone. 
It looks like a business more than a, we want to help the public. That's my opinion. Their Twitter approach, or pardon me, their Twitter profile has 45 tweets. It's been open since November 2020. They are only following eight people. Alejandro Rojas, who happens to be the head of research and content. This is a gentleman who claims to be a journalist. Yet he's never worked for a major journalism outlet ever. Uh, he is the PR director for the SCU, the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies. He is now part of the Enigma Labs. He was part of Open Minds TV. Uh, let's see here. Alex Dietrich, former fighter pilot. They they are following. Uh, Randy Meach, director of engineering for Maps at Snap. No idea who he is. They follow the Aero Office from the Department of Defense in the U.S., we don't know who Mark Douglas is, but by his logo, he must have something to do. We're going to follow him because he has something to do with Enigma. They're following the U- the European Space Agency and NASA. That is it. All right. But here was an interesting tweet that I want to read to you guys. Because remember they stated that they were not part of any sort of government program. So it says here, they put this tweet out earlier today. We are excited to collaborate with groups like Aero and NASA to improve UAP reporting and scientific research. We have always been and continue to be private and independent with no government or big tech affiliations. Our user privacy and data policy, which they posted below, which is what we'll find on their website. So old Davey here with Spaced Out Radio, says, Have you read your tweet and the irony it's created where you say you are private and not government-affiliated, yet say you're working with government organizations like Arrow and NASA? If you are independent, you don't need them. You don't need the government. And in talking to sources earlier today, I can tell you that NASA, either this weekend or next weekend, plans to have a private UFO conference that will be attended by members of Galileo, including Avi Loeb, members of each branch of the United States military, and Enigma Labs. If they aren't affiliated, or even if they are collaborating with the government, that means that they are not independent. Independent has a big, big meaning, okay? And it means that you can work with anybody like they are stating. But if you want the trust of the public, they're doing exactly what MUFON is doing. Exactly, Louie. How do you trust that? Yeah, Yeah, it's hard to, especially when there's conflicting information, too, and you know, a layer of anonymity. Nothing goes against disclosure more than anonymity. That's the problem that we all are angry about is the fact that nobody talks and this information goes to the government and disappears forever. But if there's one positive I could take out of what you just said there, it's almost like that last report, as angry as we are with it, it did say that all these agencies are going to begin collecting more data and taking it seriously. And now we're getting you know word from MUFON and Enigma that they're part of that equation. So maybe they actually are doing something. 
Now, my gut on this Enigma thing, it's kind of like another TTSA, but the way Lou Elizondo wanted it in the first place, without the media and Tom DeLong, but military people, people with influence, people with government connections, it's like a sub-panel. And again, because it's not directly government, black budget money can go there and they're not accountable to anyone. So it's it's the kind of reporting the government likes on this topic where they don't actually have to worry about freedom of information requests on certain things. Because the rules of private company, those are trade secrets. It's legal to keep those, but it's not legal to keep away you know, certain secrets from the public, so to speak. So I just think it's more compartmentalization. It's more shell companies, essentially. The government's very good at doing it. You know, they don't research their own military. They have like Lockheed Martin and those other companies that can do things and don't have to report to the same level that a government does. So if there's any grain of positivity out of that, it kind of seems like that last report, maybe something actually is going on. Maybe it's not for nothing. My only question about the last report was why the delay? It's not like they were delayed and they have all this information and that was the delay because we had so much to pack in. There's nothing in it. So why was it delayed four months? That's what I find strange. Well, here's a comment from Stephen Greenstreet from the New York Post, who has been a thorn in the side of many in ufology over the last year. He puts out, we are excited to announce that we are working with the government, but rest assured we are not working with the government. Same thing we stated. Then he quoted, we decided early on to keep our staff anonymous. You are collaborating with and have partnership with the U.S. government regarding UFOs. Why are you keeping your identities anonymous? Mm. Right? And then yeah, another exactly. per- another person quotes, is Peter Thiel funding a founder of a leader in or in any other way connected to Enigma Labs? Because that's how they are allegedly getting their money to do this. I mean... Here's my question to you, Louie. Do we really, really need another UFO reporting site? We have MUFON. We have New Fork. You know, there is probably 10 or 12 out there that we could name off and rattle off that are all about UFO reporting. Do we really need another nuts and bolts reporting site? Is it worth it? I think the public's opinion is no. The government's opinion is yes, because if reports go to MUFON, the government now has to get that from MUFON. But if the government is really behind something like Enigma, something that appears to be private, but you know, if they really were private, they'd be making a big deal about the fact that we don't cooperate with the government. So the fact that they're alluding to that is almost so you can never go back on the government and say, hey, you didn't tell us, you were tricking us. I just think the government's created their own clandestine agency to try to get reports direct from the source. Why bother going through move? When you're running a business, you want to maximize every minute and every dollar. That's where DocuSign can help. DocuSign gives you the freedom to complete business agreements from virtually anywhere on any device. Get signatures back in minutes, not days. Visit DocuSign.com to learn how today. Chemistry powers today, but courageous chemistry drives us to better tomorrows. It's fueling the hydrogen economy and driving clean energy. It's in our semiconductors and even powers our 5G. It makes our bridges stronger and our medical equipment safer. Chemistry is what binds us all together. But there's something more that sets us apart. Comores, Courageous Chemistry. To learn more, visit Comores.com slash Courageous Chemistry. Fun and all these other things. 
let's just create another version of the same. If it is that prevalent, they should still get half the data that the other agencies are getting. And that's still enough to figure out patterns and all the rest. So, you know, when you mentioned Thiel or whatever his last name is, it just sounds like another Bigelow. It sounds like another NIDS had government money. Sounds like another OSAP, ATIP. You know, those things got blown out of the water and they were supposed to be government programs with classification. So they're, they're thinking of different ways of doing this where it doesn't have to come out through congressional hearings, freedom of information. The government's getting smarter. And I would, yeah, if it were me, I would be very leery of any company that, A, it's a registered incorporation, so it's a business protected under business laws. Uh, it's not like, you know, so, uh, civil servants or, or public people or government people. And, you know, the fact that they're not telling you who they are, that's a problem. And the fact that they're saying they're working with the government. So I would be very weary of these people. And even when they do show their face, it should have a good story as to why they couldn't in the first place. Otherwise, it's very suspicious. Well, let's nitpick this for for a little second here, okay? Because I, I do think that's important that we nitpick this a little bit. And I'm going to put this on our screen here for our, our live listeners to be able to potentially see this. So, uh, Enigma Labs is no ordinary company. Our mission is to look to the skies. Well, first off, there's only one sky. There aren't multiple right, skies yeah. out there. Okay, that's just being me, me being a red pen. Okay, so let's continue on. Our mission is to look into the skies and gather information to to solve the longstanding mystery of unidentified aerial phenomena, in brackets, UAP. We are driven by curiosity at exploring the unknown. Through our analytics and social platform, launching this winter, we are working to increase public awareness and acceptance of UAP sightings. We do not know where the research will lead us, but there is a chance that the findings could be perspective shifting, startling, perhaps unwelcome to some. But of this, or because of this, we have decided to put a focus on privacy, yours and ours. Well, first off, I'm going to bring up something you said already, Louis. Why does this group think that they need to be private? There is no reason for their investigators to be private, for their board of directors to be private, for who works on their team to be private. There is no need for it. What are you hiding? That's very true. The thing I don't get is just listening to you read those paragraphs. It doesn't sound like it's written in government speak. Or even in that, you know, high-level professional speak, it sounds like somebody with a blog. It sounds like a 22-year-old kid that's just playing a game just because the sentence structure is not even that good. They're saying things but not saying things. There's run-on sentences. Like, grammatically, it's not even proper, but a lot of the content on their site. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of this. It is fairly new. I haven't had time to to get all crusty and mad about it. Well, we're but learning I, there's together. something up. I haven't read this either. This is brand new to me. Okay. I yeah. say when I saw this come up, I wanted to save this for this show. So let's continue on and let's let's learn together sure. with our audience. A data-driven platform. At Enigma, we aggregate individual human experiences into the world's most comprehensive searchable UAP sightings database. When we refer to data, 
and mean that we mean the details of accounts of objectives, time, location, shape, behavior, duration, proximity, size, witnesses, media, and sensor capture. This data is collated. I'm, I mean, I'm sure they meant to say collected, but it came out collated from official government and military reports, public NGOs, newspaper records, and personal correspondence and direct user submissions. Of the several hundred thousand sightings we have aggregated, and to me, whoever's writing this is has a thesaurus beside them trying to use big words. Yeah, to, it's not to, written in normal speak. I no. don't know. There's something funky about it. It's like AI yeah. talk or something. Yeah. So let's move on. Uh, where's that aggregated word here? There it is. A portion was publicly available as raw information, uncategorized and unqueryable. Who uses unqueryable? Lawyers don't yeah. even use unqueryable. All right? Yeah. And I think that may be misspelled. Anyways, that's my red pen. Our data engineers process these to make them intelligible and standardize the fields to match other sources, enabling comparative analytics across the entire set. Using machine learning and optical character recognition, we are also processing millions of paper and analog records that have been manually and painstakingly collected by individual researchers across the globe. We have pledged to support these researchers with ongoing efforts. That's a whole fancy way of saying you have an Excel spreadsheet with reports logged. Ooh. Basically. Oh. Basically. That's a slap shot to the bagels right there. <laughs> That's what that kind is. of though. Like they said a whole lot and said nothing. Use all the fancy words in the world to make it seem like it's a big deal. All you're saying is you have a, a, a database where you're inputting cases. They come from personal reports, military reports, and journalism. What person on Facebook and in you know what UFO enthusiast couldn't compile the same data, right? We have access to all that same stuff. So where is the special sauce that these guys are bringing? Like, where's the section? Like a company would say, why us? Well, here's why you should choose us. Where's the why us for these guys? Considering there's already other um, avenues for this kind of thing, why them? I don't see them addressing that. Like, why should we? Okay. Where's the call to action? We got less than two minutes. I want to go through everything here because this is getting really fun. I don't know if you're having yeah. fun. I'm having fun breaking having fun, sure. breaking this down. And we're going to have to continue this when we come back. Why safeguarding user privacy matters? Yes, because we... Uh, That's just, to gain your confidence so you feel safe about giving them your info. They put that on, uh, on uh, you know, what do they call those? Like those uh, Shopify stores? Why you should buy from us. You know, we're safe. We, we don't sell your info. Well, All that stuff, it's just to make it look legit. Let's burn through this. Although the stigma towards unexplained phenomena has massively diminished in the last five years, we recognize that there is still wariness. You don't end a sentence on wariness. We understand that people may not yet wish to associate with UAP publicly to protect their reputation and avoid other risks. There's a spectrum of potential consequences from facing social ridicule to having a sighting flagged as a mental health issue uh, impacting career prospects, brackets, some commercial pilots will not report to the FAA for this reason, horribly written, by the way, to concerns for physical safety. Enigma is committed to keeping people's privacy and information secure. Users who submit sightings could choose to do so pseudonymously. Pseudonymously. Really? Any medical details or street addresses mentioned are automatically redacted. Anyone who wishes can opt out to be 
contactable publicly or pseudonymously for further communication. I'm I'm stunned here. Over time, our platform will implement back-end profile verification paired with front-end expertise badges. This will enable credentialization within the Enigma platform while still maintaining anonymity. I, you can't make this up. This is on a billionaire's website. From UAP Studies Podcast, Louis Borges. We're going to continue with Enigma and breaking it all down. Wow. This is going to lead to a very interesting Dave 101 in hour number three. Spaced Out Radio continues after this. Hold on. P-S-E-U-D-O. Yes, it's like pseudoname, so fake name or alias. But again, in, in common English, even in business English, you don't use words that have that many sort of pseudonymously, at the end. Pseudonymously is a word. It, it is mean, a word. It means having, using, or written under a pseudonym. Like you don't use yeah. that term in English. No. In proper you, use that English. In a thesis. you don't use it for proper English. No, you would say, you know, um, users can submit anonymously or using a pseudoname. You want to write it and speak to the, the type of language that the people reading it understand. This is purposely written to kind of have a, a higher level impression and make people, a lot of people not understand it, I think. You know, I think it's to, it's to appear a certain way, but they're trying hard. And by the way, credentialization means when employers raise the education requirements for a given job, and they say this will enable credentialization within Enigma platform. This Verification is, would have been a better word, a uh, way of verifying your credentials. Yeah, this, this is somebody who, and I have a feeling I know who wrote this, okay? Well, didn't you say Rojas is their PR guy? Isn't that on their Twitter account? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's your answer. Right. Right. We're going to continue on with this because I, I think this gets funny, funnier. Uh, Red Panda Koala, how you doing, buddy? Space Daisy, nice to see you. Yosef Yanni, good to have you. Uh, and let's see here. Uh, who else is joining us? I'm not going to name. Yeah, I agree, I'm not I agree gonna... with Eric Markham. Look at Eric Markham's comment. Could it have been written by somebody whose first language isn't English? I agree. It sounds like AI. When you're running a business, you want to maximize every minute and every dollar. That's where DocuSign can help. DocuSign gives you the freedom to complete business agreements from virtually anywhere on any device. Get signatures back in minutes, not days. Visit DocuSign.com to learn how today. When you're running a business, you want to maximize every minute and every dollar. That's where DocuSign can help. DocuSign gives you the freedom to complete business agreements from virtually anywhere, on any device. And with features like real-time SMS delivery, your signers can complete agreements right away, right from their phones. Get signatures back in minutes, not days. It's that simple. Visit DocuSign.com today to learn how DocuSign can add valuable time back to your day. It sounds like a computer has taken this you know, like you, there's AI programs that can write a physics paper for a university report now, right? It just sounds like 
it's it's used alternate meanings for all the big words to appear fancy. Yeah. It looks like somebody is trying to have lawyers speak, but they've never been a lawyer. Or exactly. Somebody, or, pretending. Some, or somebody who's pretending to be a journalist and they've never been one, but they accredited themselves with that title. This reminds me of like a customer complaint letter. You know, as I've run a big business, sometimes people want to make it look like they're lawyers and they write all these big fancy words. Really, they have a very small complaint, but they're trying to make it seem like legal action in the, the, the language that they choose in their email, right? But you know what? What bothers me about this, and I'll get more into this in the Dave 101 later on in hour three, okay? They're trying to build public trust. If you're t- rule number 101 in journalism, if you want to talk to the people, you don't try and sound smarter than them. Yeah. So, for instance, when I worked in sports radio, it was different than what was happening in our newsroom. Our newsroom writes differently than where I was in the sports room. Sports room, you're dealing with mostly blue collar people who are going to be talking about tonight's game or last night's game or the trade that just happened or, you know, where you are in the standings or the rumor mill that's going on. You talk blue collar. This is somebody who's trying to look smart. Terribly written. Terribly written. Yeah, but again, look through the words and what is actually happening. I mean, they have a meeting with NASA and the government. So regardless of how poorly written this is, they got to be somebody, something. Oh, group of people. True enough. True enough. Okay. But you, you address your audience so they understand. There's no compassion here. They're not yeah. saying, hey, help us out. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Where's the call to action from the public? We need you. If we're going to find an answer to this thing, we need everybody's reports. Don't worry. Your information's safe with us. Like You would gain more trust by putting it in layman's, in layman's speak, essentially, rather than try to come off very fancy. I don't, but anybody who knows that wouldn't do that. So it just seems very, very amateur. Like I said, it seems like a 20 year old kid's blog who's, uh, or just an enthusiast with a thesaurus. Love that word, thesaurus or thesaurus, whatever you want to pronounce it. Tomato, tomato. A thesaurus. You know, uh, big thank you tonight. Uh, to Science Bob, Ed Clater, Louis times two, and Simon times two for the amazing super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And remember, we want all of you in Las Vegas. Check out our ticker below or head to our Facebook event page for it. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. 
Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Once again, we have our good friend Louis Borges on from UAP Studies Podcast, and we're talking about this brand new group that is out called Enigma Labs, where they are wanting to not tell you anything. They want to keep everything private, including who they are and who you are, but they want your report. They want to be the subject of of some big UFO news coming on out, and yet they want everything behind the scenes. Not very public, is it? So we've been going through their mantra here that they have written, and if you caught the last half hour, you will know that it is not written very well, considering that an alleged billionaire named Peter Thiel is the man funding this project. He has ties to Facebook, PayPal. He's worth about $4.2 billion, according to Wikipedia. Louis, welcome back. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, to your point there, if you look at what you've got on your screen right now, how we will and will not monetize, that's just a bad sentence. The structure isn't right. You know what I mean? It's... It, I don't know. You're there's something up with this site. Maybe this is a rough draft, you know, maybe a beta version is coming out, but I, uh, my, my radar is going off with this whole thing. Oh, but, especially the anonymity part, but this is what they posted on Twitter saying that they weren't affiliated with a government organization, but they are working with NASA and arrow in the same tweet. Yeah. This is journalism. One one dude. Yeah, but if somebody sure. over and there actually had a journalism degree and understood how journalism works, you wouldn't write that. You wouldn't write that. And at I've all. heard you say it before. There, there's two kinds of NASA, right? There's the the public face of NASA, and there's the NASA behind behind the scenes. And anybody that's working with NASA right now, you know that there's a government connection because they're not a private entity. Especially now with the AARO report, specifically NASA is listed. You know, among others, the Department of Energy as well is an interesting one. But I think uh, because of that report, there's going to be more and more collaboration with other groups. I just think the government wants to have their hands on these groups to make sure nobody goes rogue and the wrong stuff doesn't get out that they don't approve of. Very true. Well, let's go through the have and have nots to monetization with this Enigma Labs, shall we? Let's do it. Yep. How we will not monetize. Well, you never start a sentence with the word because. That's pro- <laughs> yeah. that's proper English. Because our focus is on furthering scientific research and analysis, we have made deliberate decisions about monetization. We will not monetize third parties' historical UAP sightings data. All sightings data, historical and new, will be free and available to the public to query. Okay. Enigma will never sell users' personal data to advertising or social networks. Notice it does not say anything to the government. Yeah, or any other agency for that matter. Absolutely. That's that's a red flag. That is a red flag. All right. Hopefully it's in the privacy uh, later on. 
how we will monetize to ensure our long-term independence and viability as an organization. We intend to generate revenue. Our business model will continue to evolve, but for now we are focused on paid premium features. We hope that a subset of our users and contributors will opt into paying for the features they find valuable to support our work. So basically what they are is they're building a private group behind the scenes that will be, you'll need a a login name and a password and you'll get to see other reports and maybe a few photos or whatever they can, they can jive off you. All right. Privacy of our team. For similar reasons as protecting our users, we have decided early on to keep our staff anonymous We follow in the footsteps of UAP researchers who we admire for their lifelong dedication to the topic. Really, was Stanton Friedman or Richard Dolan or Linda Bolton Howe or Jim Mars or Grant Cameron or Steve uh, Bassett or Victor Vigiani or Lorian Fenton or Melinda Leslie silent? Yep. Not scared to talk either and put their name out. What about J. Allen Hynek or Jacques Vallée? I don't see their names being, being silent. Yep. Okay, so here we go. Next sentence. We follow in the footsteps of UAP researchers who we admire for their lifelong dedication to the topic. Many have had to endure ridicule and online heckling. A few researchers have even faced stalkers and the harassment of their families. Yet we are still at the beginning of UAP research, or we are still at the beginning. UAP research is going to explode in coming years. Very professional sentence there. (laughs) No matter what Enigma and others learn, the findings may be unwelcome to some and provoke pushback. It is possible that we we may reveal advanced technology operated by a private group or discover something extraordinary about the fabric of reality. History is littered with religious and other belief groups reacting negatively to leaps in science, and there is no reason to believe UAP science will be different. Why bring in the religious card? That means absolutely nothing to the to the subject. In a world yeah, that is... Just, sorry, go ahead. They're, yeah, they're just basically saying, we know there's going to be pushback because this has happened in the past, and they're using the most sort of recognizable version of that. If something spiritually impacted us profoundly, there would be pushback against it. So I think the church is just the easy target in, in their eyes. Right. I like what uh, Eugene is saying in our chat room right now. Okay, and Eugene's an educated man. And yeah, he, if, he, he can't, if he can't write and spell. He is saying, if you can't grammatically write and spell your own business promo or have someone do it perfectly, that's very bad, LOL. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. So let's continue with this, uh, this schmazzle of words. Can we use the word schmazzle here? I think we can. I think you just did. Okay. In a world that is rapidly trending towards anonymous work, and let's click on that link. We'll see where that goes in a second. There are few Look at the search and destroy in your chat room there. On LinkedIn, Rojas states he's running the Enigma website, basically. So he's pretty open about the fact that this is his work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Once again, this is what self-titling gets you. Yeah. Okay. There are few advantages to being openly identified. Some we chose to minimize the surface area of our exposure to unknown unknowns. So basically what you're saying is you are afraid to bring out your team. 
because you're afraid that you might get a little bit of backlash, the way Lou Elizondo or Chris Mellon has. You're afraid of the few and not supporting the many. You're not giving us anything. Staying focused. Moreover, when it comes to tech press, the focus is often on the innovator rather than the innovation. The cult of founders is not helpful. What does that even mean? The cult of founders is not helpful. We prefer to work hard as a group of talent instead of thinking about individual recognition. This stake or the stakes of our mission are too high for distraction. Stakes of your mission, you're collecting UFO data. Come on. You're not putting <laughs> a rocket on the moon. You're not TTSA. You're not TTSA trying to build a fake rocket that's going to go at light speed. All right. The longevity of our mission is critical and our privacy protocols are designed to mitigate risk to our employees and partnerships over the long term. Why are you afraid to talk about your partnerships if you want personal data? Yeah. Okay. If you want my data, I want to know who you're working for. Where is my information going? What's the protection to me? Our, in, our attention is on what matters, reducing stigma, educating the public, improving our users' experience, and enriching the data. We will be thrilled to share our findings and potential scoops with journalists in coming months. We ask that our need for privacy is respected as we build the destination for discovering the unknown. We appreciate your ongoing support and excitement for the mission. This isn't a military mission here. There is no mission. You guys are trying to create, or Enigma is trying to create, another MUFON. That's what they're trying to do. The difference between MUFON is MUFON has history, Enigma has billions of dollars. That they are going to try and crowdfund, so that way they could collect more money. Now, I know a couple of journalists who have been approached by Enigma, and and I'm not going to say who they are. I'm going to keep that private, but I know they were offered a lot of money to join Enigma. And they turned it down because journalistic integrity was more important than the money. Yeah, good for them. That's that's a rare quality that a lot of people don't have. But the thing that keeps popping out to me is if Mr. Rojas is acknowledging that he's running all this, that's not very secretive. If you have a whole site dedicated and 15 paragraphs about we're not telling you who we are, and yet in their personal life, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this. It just seems bizarre. Like, Here, it's just not rubbing me right. Here's something weird. I clicked on this this link where it says, in a world that is rapidly, and then there's a link, trending towards anonymous work. I clicked on that. It goes to the New York Times article about cryptocurrency why this is like a poorly managed blog i don't know what else to say like you can't even get in there you can't even (laughs) get into the link because the new york times wants you to subscribe to their paper yeah who does that who does that it looks amateur it definitely looks amateur I, hope I like how the globe spins on the homepage, though. That is kind of that, cool. that is very nice. Let, let's give yeah, credit like on their website. Flash is cool. 
But, I mean, Louis, there is nothing impressive here. This, yeah. in, in fact, reading all of this to our audience, I don't know how you feel, but there is no way, no way that I would feel comfortable giving my personal information to this. Or, or recommending anybody else do it either, right? Not with, not with that many red flags. There's, there's something going on. And why now? If somebody was trying to emerge into this market for that reason, transparency would be the way to go. Hey, you know, you haven't heard of us before. Here's who we are. We're coming into this game late, but we got a bunch of cool tools. Like, it would be kind of like a Rob Freeman World Explorer type thing where he's like, I got nine cameras no one else is using, and I'm catching cool stuff. So we'd be on board. But it's like, don't insult our intelligence. You know, I think the UFO community knows better and and good for you for bringing up this topic and at least putting the word out that we're not saying it's bad, but just keep your eyes about you. Like, pay attention. Look, That's the motto of our show. Our UAP studies podcast. Are you paying attention? Absolutely. So pay attention. And, and you know what? I was the one of the first ones to come out and say to our audience, do not support the TTSA. Let's sit back watch what they do, and then as the red flags started coming out, there was absolutely no way I could ever support them. And I took a lot of heat on social media about it, heat like they were talking about in this article. I took a lot from that pro-TTSA crowd, on especially on Twitter, because they were all about Tom DeLong being the, the new god of ufology. And now he's back to Blink-182 to recoup his losses. <laughs> from his divorce yeah. and the two, the stars Academy. And God bless. Him. That's the thing. That's the thing with this field. Like charlatans are getting snuffed out pretty quick. And that's a good thing. Anybody that's been doing this, you mentioned Linda Moulton, Howe and some of the other great names they've, they've taken the abuse from the hecklers and they're still standing. So that's how, you know, they're legit because they would have fallen apart by now because it's such an aggressive field and people know their stuff. You know, if you misquote something, somebody's going to let you know. And I'm sure you've had that happen, too. You say the wrong word and they're like, uh, it's phenomena, not phenomenon. And yeah, OK, in that context, you're 100 percent right. Sorry about that. So people are checking. They check us and they're checking all these people. So hiding behind the scenes. I get it. You don't want to have people threaten your family. But what are you so worried? Linda Moulton Howe's not worried people are going to threaten her family. Neither is George Knapp or all these other people. Richard Dolan. So what are you in possession of that's so, you know, scary or so important that you can't tell us who you are? It, it just seems like a lot of ego behind the typewriter, so to speak. Well, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. There is nothing on this that makes me feel comfortable from the way it is written until the way it is, it is brought forward. You know, I mean, I I do not, I don't feel comfortable, Lou. I, I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. I do not feel comfortable. And I, I'm, I'm being a little shy and coy right now because I do want to go through a lot of this on my Dave 101 that comes in on hour number three. You know, so I'm going to turn it over to you. How do you feel about it? Overall, like I, I, again, if it was a group of people coming forward that's saying 
we're going to investigate and look at all the data. You'd say, all right, cool. Whether they want to be anonymous or not, that's up to them. But the fact that they're asking for your personal stories and when you interview people that have had encounters, abductions, all the rest, that is like the most sensitive thing that's ever happened to them in their life. So you're asking people to give you their ultimate vulnerability and you want to hide behind a cloak of, oh, don't worry, you can trust us. I think it's a bunch of BS. I think if if your gut's telling you something, you got to listen to it. Uh, I don't have a good feeling about that. Again, maybe that's just a, a site to have something. I've built websites before. Sometimes you just have stuff there so that you can launch it and get it indexing and all the rest. And then you go back and change it. But you don't officially launch your product or your brand or advertise that site until you have it letter letter perfect. So the fact that they've been around a couple of years, like you said, but we're just hearing about them now. Well, why? normally when you launch something, you talk about it right away. You want people to know, hey, we're new. Come check it out. Why was it quiet for so many years? And now they're like, hey, we're taking the world by storm. Well, there's just a lot more questions and answers when it comes to that. I, I can understand Peter Thiel wanting to remain private. OK, Bob Bigelow was very private, even though we all knew he, he would still give the odd interview. But everybody yeah. knew that he was a, the head of NIDS and he was the head of Bass and so on and so forth. I can understand if the board of directors wants to be quiet on this. But why do the investigators need to be quiet? Why, why, is, why does everything need to be anonymous here? You know, if I pull up LinkedIn, let's do some basic, basic journalism here. Because, you know, we're definitely not dealing with journalism at Enigma Labs here. Okay, and if I go to LinkedIn and I type in Enigma Labs, three people show up. Somebody named Patrick C. Chemistry powers today, but courageous chemistry drives us to better tomorrows. It's fueling the hydrogen economy and driving clean energy. It's in our semiconductors and even powers our 5G. It makes our bridges stronger and our medical equipment safer. Chemistry is what binds us all together but there's something more that sets us apart. Camores, courageous chemistry. To learn more, visit camores.com slash courageous chemistry. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app. Who is the CTO at Enigma Labs. All right. He hasn't posted lately, been there since November 2020, has a whole one endorsement from LeVar Burton. No, that's his interest. Sorry. Let's see his skills. <laughs> Uh, software defined radio extract transform load ETL production design and graph QL. That's his skills. Very basic. Only one thing on his profile. All right. He has three mutual connections to me. Kevin Wright communications and public affairs. I uh, don't know where he works. Ryan Graves fighter pilot ex fighter pilot and journalist from the debrief. Tim McMillan. So that is one person. Second on LinkedIn is your good friend, Alejandro Rojas, 
who is current head of research and content at Enigma Labs. And then a gentleman from Mexico City named... Did you say research and content? That means he's doing everything on that website. Yes. Research, content, PR. That's three different social media sites where he has a different title for each. Yes. So it's basically his website. It's his creation. Yes. I'll give you that one. So then the third one is a gentleman named Javier Andreas Muro Reyes. And pardon my Spanish if I did not get that correctly. He's from Mexico City, technical support engineer at Nokia, and content creator at Enigma Labs. Now, I apologize that I am not fluent in Spanish, so I cannot read his activity or his bio, and I apologize about that. Been with Enigma Labs as a content creator for 11 months and worked for Fixed Network Global Technical Support, MQ Technologies as Big Data Consultant, and Network Professionals, Iris Networks, all in Mexico City. That's it. Three people come up for Enigma Labs. That's it. Now, if you click on the company of Enigma Labs, which this LinkedIn profile is, once again, uh, apparently it has nine employees. We click on that. We get Patrick C. again. We get Alejandro Rojas, a lady named Tara Tang, who is a virtual assistant in New York. Charlie H., who is a marketing and community developer. Mallory Croft, head of people at Enigma Labs. So basically, she's your... She is your, uh, what do they call those people? Um, HR. HR. Alex Smith, founder at Enigma Labs. We are hiring. Roland L., VP of Engineering. Sarah Johnson, head of growth at Enigma Labs. And Yana L., product design. What product? I don't know. But let's let's click on Alex Smith because... I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the old connect button with him. All right, let's. I'm pending now. Hasn't posted lately. He's also part of the weather company and IBM business. Well, that's interest. Has nothing besides Enigma. Very plain profile. There's nothing. And they there. all have weird, weird backgrounds. I shouldn't say weird backgrounds, but nothing that would stand out as UAP expert. They're just regular HR people, content, website guy, graphics guy. Where's the product here? You know, where's the investigators? Yeah. Where's the investigators? Exactly. Do you not need investigators in order to investigate the reports that you're going to be asking to come in? Well, did they say they were going to investigate reports or they're collecting data through their analytic program? Oh, very true. Very true. I only got overwhelming in, in the verbiage, the very crazy verbiage. The message I got was we have a fancy way to collect data and we're going to release some cool stuff in the future. Didn't say anything about investigating or taking a MUFON type approach. It's just like, give us your stuff. We're doing good things with it. That's all I get out of it. We have less than a minute to go here. Louis, I want to say thank you for coming on and uh, joining us talking about Enigma, MUFON, 
and the UN tonight. Uh, big show with you. Tell everybody where they can find the UAP Studies podcast. Yeah, everywhere you go, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, UAP Studies Podcast, or go to UAPstudiespodcast.com. All of our links are there. All of our shows are there. And uh, we've got some pretty big names coming up in the near future. Gary Nolan, Andrew Collins. Uh, we've got uh, Jeremy Ray, uh, a bunch of other people, and a few we can't quite mention yet. So uh, it's going to be an amazing year. Thank you to all of uh, a lot of your supporters have become friends of ours. Subscribe to our page. And uh, we do appreciate the support. I think the first time we were on, we had less than a thousand subscribers and now we're at 3000 and that was only in a few months. So beautiful. Thank you everybody who is kind of a, a joint friend of SOR and UAP studies. We like your content and we appreciate it. That's what teamwork does. Louis Borges from UAP studies coming up next. We're going to head to the swamp. Then we got super Duke from world Bigfoot radio. And then it's Dave one one night tonight. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. All right, buddy. That was a good show. Good show. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we we uh uh we actually uh I think accomplished a lot. I think we opened up some opened up some eyes tonight. I really do believe that. Yeah, and uh, everybody is very, uh, what's this, sorry, somebody's like, yo, Louie, answer my question in chat if you see me. Grandmaster UV, I see you, bro, I see you. That's the gong show, that's the gong show. What is it? Ask him the question, ask him the question. Ask him if he thinks UFOs, how UFOs operate, electronic control, magnetism, kinetic force. I think it's, I think it's like a bubble. They create a bubble in our physics that that's, because otherwise, how does a craft move at like 25,000 miles an hour? It would kill anything in it. So either it's a drone, a lot of times, doing the really fast maneuvers. Uh, I think a lot of people that see the UFO close up, it's very slow. It's not doing Mach 5,000. So either it's a drone doing those crazy speeds, or it creates some kind of a little bubble field where it doesn't matter how fast you go because the physics aren't actually impacting right. the occupant. That's my opinion on how they move. Now, whether that's with, you know, an engine, anti-gravity, your guess is as good as mine. I'll be right back, Lou. You can keep talking if you want. Yeah. So appreciate the the, uh, question there, Grandmaster. Let's see what else we got in the chat room here. If anybody else has questions, feel free. I'm just killing time here before I go check on my uh, little baby upstairs. Search and destroy. Great show. Thank you, sir or ma'am. Appreciate that. Uh, What else have we got here? Nice work. You'll have to return. Thank you, Eugene, uh, uh, America's most experienced mystic. I've been on a few times now. Dave's a, a friend. I've been with UAP studies about a year. So anytime I can chat uh, about my favorite topic, it's uh, it's a good night. So Dave called me on short notice tonight. So I uh, I bailed him out. Obi Flat. Thank you, Louie. Thank you. Appreciate uh, the love. Thank you, Jessica S. Uh, what else we got? Louie was on point. Again, thanks, Eugene. Grandmaster answered your question. UAP Studies rocks. Thank you, Tim Othman. Tony D, thank you, sir. Search and Destroy, thank you. Dogface, thank you, sir. Random guy. Never seen you before. You speak very well. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. What else do we got here? Last minute of heaven, Louie, on take. Just a second. Drop chat for a second. Smash that like button if you want Dave show more. 
Yeah, subscribe, everybody. Dave's a good guy. We all uh, we all are victims of the algorithms of YouTube. So the more uh, subscribers you have, the more times it'll offer your episodes to other people. So, and for any of you that are interested in UAP Studies podcast, just search for us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I think we've got forty-five or fifty videos. Uh, in every description is a link to our Spotify, and we've done 115 episodes, uh, one per week for the last two years. So our whole library is out there. Feel free to check it out. And uh, yeah, you can message us too. Go to our website, UAPstudiespodcast.com. Hit uh, send message. I get them. Jason gets them. We answer every single question. So what else do we got in the chat room here? Thank you, Louis Borges, for your time, insight, and commentary. Thank you, Grand Grandizer, Grandizer12. Grandizier, something like that. Doug Shelby, thank you, sir. Beachy, who else do we got? Apparently, we have some sugar bitches. Sugar britches. Sorry. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Hello, sugar britches. How was meeting Valet? It was awesome. Super. That's This is Red Panda Koala. Uh, Jacques Valet is one of the most humble people I've ever spoken to. We chatted with him for 20 minutes before. And like an hour after the show, he is, uh, he is the real deal. I, I can't say humble enough. And uh, Jacques Vallée, for me, if there was one person, if I was on a, a desert island or I had one wish left on the planet, you got to ask one person a question about anything. Who would it be? It would be Jacques Vallée. So he, uh, I'm 100% a fan, for sure. Let's see. Somebody's talking about Dave Polites. Yeah, and I think Dave Polites or Politis, however you pronounce it, he's got a new series out. We've actually reached out to him, so we'll see what he says. I like how you guys dressed up. Thank you, Red Panda. This has become kind of our uniform at UAP Studies. We uh, wear suit jackets now. We kind of like it. Our guests seem to like it. So, uh, Bob Davis, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Again, thank you, Eugene. My crowd loves you, Louie. Yeah, man. you got some really polite people. Thank you, Beachy. Louie's very intelligent. I appreciate that. Louis, any plans on focusing on the alien species themselves? Yeah, they're welcome to land on my lawn anytime. Uh, I've never actually seen a full-blown UFO or had an experience. I do have some anomalous lights on camera for, that lasted about 45 minutes. And oddly enough, it was in a windstorm where they grounded all the flights. So go figure. But uh, yeah, I, I would love to uh, focus on species themselves. It's just tough. You know, you have guys like Tom Reed that were abducted by mantids and no way of validating Craig, it. Are Keith Andrews or Keith, uh, Craig Campobasso? They both have books out of alien species. Hit me up and I'll okay. I'll get you their contact name. If you could interview three deceased people from UFO history, who would it be Stanton Friedman, John Mack? Who who would number three be? Jim Mars. Yeah, definitely Jim Mars. That's yeah. perfect. Exactly would have been Jim Mars. All right, buddy. I got about 30 seconds here. I'm going to have to let you go. Thank you for right, filling in again. on short notice, bud. Fantastic job Anytime. tonight. You take Anytime. care. Anytime. Love you guys. Take, take care. care. Louis Borges from UAP Studies Podcast. How awesome is he? Thank you for our super chatters tonight. Bob, Ed, Louis times two, Simon times two, Red Panda, and Candy. Appreciate the love. We want to see you all in Las Vegas May 19th through 21st for our second annual fan party. Check the ticker below on our YouTube screen for more information. Let's go. Here it comes. Would you like to connect with us? 
Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Lives, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Iambographer. Iambographer is your password. Nobody knows what it means, but the clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I've always looked to the paranormal side of things to be mostly plausible. However, I've experienced things here and there since I was a kid that I'm confident can't be explained by science or illusion, but only as something otherworldly. Although nothing I've experienced has ever been necessarily disturbing, they have given me a lot to think about. One of these was the most personal and long-lasting experiences I've ever had, and this took place in May of 2014. Just as some background context, I live in Central Florida, Since it is a very touristy state, of course, towns and other areas like to try and brush over the dark history and even erase it by building over top of it, trying to rewrite the narrative around it to be harmless and seemingly squeaky clean. In reality, Florida is the most southern state you can get. The Klan, Manifest Destiny, Civil War Battles and Skirmishes, Native American Tribe Displacement and Eradication, well... I guess you could say attempted eradication because obviously the Seminoles are the only unconquered people, but I digress. If you ask the right people, some of the popular tourist attractions around me will tell you the truth about the atrocities there. So yes, it's likely that most of this state has some activity. At the time, I was in the 7th grade and throughout the year, I had heard about my friend Bryce who lived out on the beach in a 4 story house. He had the entire attic and top floor to himself. The beach would be another 250 yards out from his house, and next to his house was an empty lot followed by an old graveyard, then apartments and housing. The headstones mostly faced towards the beach, but its entrance was towards the street behind it. I believe this graveyard was one of two things, but I can't remember for sure. It was either formerly a slave graveyard from Civil War times that turned into a segregated graveyard until the 1900s, somewhere between 1900 and 1909, or a Native American graveyard from the displacement projects or wars in the 1810s to 1850s. I'm leading towards the latter though, because I've never been able to find out more about this graveyard. Bryce had told me about one night he couldn't sleep or something of the sort, and he looked out his window into the pitch black night to see a set of blue, glowing eyes. 
looking at him from the graveyard. I would like to know what time of night it was. This had likely happened because the graveyard was in the process of being built over. They were laying foundations and uprooting the graves. They were just removing the headstones for most of it, though. They weren't even actually taking the bodies or the bones and moving them. Just the stones. Bryce was also a bit naive, but I never got the impression from him that he'd lie about something like this. I was intrigued and wanted to see it for myself. I finally got my chance on May 14th of 2014 on the last day of actual non-exam filled school. When we went on a field trip to a local theme park and ended the day having a party on the beach at Bryce's house, during this party I made sure to get him to take me over to the side so I could go see it. He left me for a while. I looked at it and took out my four emergencies hand-me-down phone and took some pictures as I had seen others do online. I truly regret to this day trespassing onto it and looking at these gravestones remaining, but my 13-year-old self didn't think that nothing could happen, you know? During the time I was taking these pictures, I did notice some people walking by on the street, but I'm sure no one was there by the time I took the pictures and left. I didn't see anyone at the time and went about the party, but when I got home and looked over the pictures, I found that there were three pictures that I took that clearly had a couple of people in them standing near the front of the gates. From the lower quality images, I could just barely make out what, that they looked like Native Americans. They were definitely from the Seminole tribe, which was the leading band of Native Americans who fought during those years previously stated in the beginning of the story. I always planned to move those pictures to a different phone over the last eight years, but only a few weeks ago, back in November, did I remember about these at all. I guess I deleted these pictures or lost them some time along the way, and of course I know this cliche, but just know they weren't anything special, but I had a weird and genuine strange experience in a graveyard. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, taking us on a journey each and every night for, you know... For the spookiness all involved, we love them around here. You can listen to them to kick off hour number three each and every night here on Spaced Out Radio. And and you can also listen to thousands of stories just like that for free by going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. From the swamp to the forests, it's time for Super Duke and World Bigfoot Radio to come in for the cryptid report. <laughs> Such an impressive and imaginative intro music there. I wonder who created that. That's just awesome. That's just, I don't know yeah. why it makes me laugh every time, man. It really some does. like audio maniac. See this? You got to keep uh, El Abney Volador out of the studio so these things don't happen. I hear you there. I hear you there. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio. It's good to have you back, my friend, even though it is an abbreviated one just till the bottom of the hour. But we're always loving it when you're here. Thanks, Dave. Always having a blast when I'm here, and I'm looking forward to your You Dang Aliens Get Up My Yard show coming up here after the bottom of the hour. Dave 101, they're always spectacular. You know, you almost need to have some kind of a space helmet on or something so that your head doesn't actually explode during one of these things. Oh, very true. Very, very true, my friend. <laughs> it's scary. It is scary. Let me tell you. 
Believe you me, you never know what you're going to get. You are never going to know what you're going to get. You know. Yes, but it's always going to be very entertaining and very informative. So everybody should always make sure to catch them. And just in case Dave's head actually explodes on camera, you should be here on YouTube watching. Well, very true. Very true. What what do you got for us story wise tonight? You were you were deep into the woods uh, just a couple of nights ago, and here you well, are. We're going to continue on with more from the de facto Sasquatch and the military encounters with Sasquatch. And, and uh, tonight we're going to be centering our attention on the Marines running into them. So you know the kings of bad buttery themselves, they can uh, you know take out an armored battalion with a can opener. And what happens when they run into the Sasquatch? The ASA Monster Marine Corps Base, Quantico, Virginia. The Dumfries, Virginia, Potomac News of January 17, 1977. When you stay at a Verbo, the host doesn't stay with you. Because a vacation home with a stranger sounds a little bit like a horror movie. Only whole vacation homes. Always private. Book on the Verbo app. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Published a long article about the Sasquatch that contained the statement, much has been written about the monster at the ammunition storage area, that's the ASA, at Quatico Marine Corps Base. But then the report doesn't say what. There's a reference to one Marine claiming to have seen a brown thing walking on two legs and another reporting something that looked like a cross between an ape and a bear covered with very long hair. Several people had apparently heard loud screaming. Quote, we called the ammunition storage area sergeant of the guard to determine whether there had been any more sightings or sounds in the area, but we're told that all that information regarding the ASA monster is considered classified. When asked why that is so, the guard answered that he was not allowed to answer that question either. He later said the information is not really classified, but everyone at the compound has been ordered not to talk about the monster at all. Following the upload of the ASA monster uh, onto Bigfoot Encounters website, a reader wrote the following note with a deeply interesting comment. And here it is. My older brother, when he was alive, was a veteran of the Korean War conflict, and the Marines on Pork Chop Hill, where 240 of those men were killed and nearly 900 wounded, about the ammo dump at Quatico. The story reminded me of a comment my brother made a couple of times about there being some sort of monster, monsters, plural, that hung around on, excuse me, the base of Quantico that everyone said had blue eyes. I thought that might be of interest to you. And this was from Dunstan 109 in Wisconsin. And from Smitty at Marine Corps Combat Development Command at Quantico, Virginia, the statement, I haven't seen Scaly Harry around, but I hear talk that he shows up now and then. No big deal, ma'am. The Marines here consider Scary Harry part of the landscape. Uh, the GCBRO, which is a Georgia Cryptid Bigfoot Research Organization, 
posted a much older report indicating a long history of Bigfoot sightings in and around the Quantico installation. This one occurred at night between 2400 and 0300 hours. The informant told Mary Green about this, that he was on guard duty walk, walking his post when he was alerted by his dog to a noise in the woods. At first, the soldier thought it was a bear with long brown hair on its body, but then he started to walk away upright after he put a round in the chamber of his M1 rifle. The creature was described as seven foot tall, seemed to not be disturbed at all by the dog barking, but clearly reacted to the sound of the rifle bolt. 1990 sighting, again, Marine Corps Base, Quantico, Virginia. Um, also in 2007, the AIBR reported on their website, a 1990 late night Bigfoot sighting on the organization's website. The incident was also recorded at Marine Corps Base, Quantico, Virginia. Bob and Kathy Strain summarized a three-hour-long interview with the informant. Dan, their synopsis is picked up here. Dan said, Dan was at the base for a week-long training at the end of July. The train is rolling hills and woodlands. The event happened the second night of training. They had not been to the location yet, nor did they go back. Dan and five other men, including the instructor, began the night on patrol. Around 2 to 3 a.m., the men moved very quietly into the area, communicating only with hand signals. They stopped and sat in a 360, i.e. all the men form a circle with their backs to each other, giving themselves a 360-degree view of the surroundings. Dan was on the first watch. The other men dozed. The first growl occurred after a man in the patrol moaned. Because he thought it was a bear and wanted to see it, Dan stood up and took three or so steps toward the sound. This put him about 20 feet from the animal. Probably due to Dan's movements toward it, the animal stood up, and he could see its silhouette in the available moonlight. Dan doesn't remember the exact moon phase, but it was a cloudless night and there was enough moonlight available to see the face of the person next to you and the hand signals from the rest of the group. According to internet records, the moon phase for the date, range, year, and location put the moon at about close to full. On average, the moon rose at about 11.53 and sat as late as 10 a.m. the next morning. So, continuing on to the report. <clears throat> Dan himself was a huge guy, 270 pounds and stands six foot five. It was clear to him, based on its size and shape, that it was no bear. At this point, he could see that it stood up on its two legs and it had a pointed head. Its arms hung down below its knees. Its hands were the size of dinner plates. The report stated the Sasquatch stared angrily at the informant, and as it did, it swayed back and forth. Then it roared again. Dan could feel the vibrations from the sound in his chest. The report goes on to describe how the Sasquatch, quote, slapped his right hand hard against a nearby pine tree using only one hand. Dan was unclear what happened after the slap, but after a short pause, the tree snapped and fell toward him. The witness told the strains he was unclear if the Sasquatch broke the tree by the slap by pushing it or by breaking it with one hand. Only one hand was used. The tree was taller than the Sasquatch and about six to eight inches in diameter. The report also stated the creature was about eight and a half feet tall. The informant, Dan Buchanan, was also known as Squatch Commando. He was a Marine Corps veteran who encountered Bigfoot while training at Quantico. His life was cut short by a driver who didn't see him in August 2007. And sadly, Dan was only 41 years old. On to the U.S. Marine Corps Mountain Warfare Training Center in Mono County, Bridgeport, California. Butch Young is a very young, 19 years old, when he was sent to the Marine Warfare Training Center 
the MWTC, near Mono Lake, located in California's desolate Sierra Nevada mountain range, which is one gigantically huge long mountain range, by the way. It is one of the Marine Corps' most remote and isolated posts. The center was established during the 1950s as the Cold Weather Battalion with the mission of providing cold weather training for replacement personnel bound for the Korea, uh, for Korea, excuse me, during that conflict. Young was sent to an area called Pickle Meadows, south of the lake there to learn how to fight, how to conduct himself in combat, how to survive, engage, meet the enemy head on in freezing, snowy wilderness conditions, and etc. Young thought he was prepared for the wilderness training. Mono Lake is extremely remote, and the setting is one of dense forests. One cold and freezing night, Young and his squad were on patrol during a nighttime war game. It was cold, deep snow on the ground at an elevation of 8,000 feet. The moon was out, and you could see quite clearly. It was almost like daylight with the moon and starlight reflecting off the snow. Then it happened quickly and suddenly. The men spotted what they thought were the opposing squad members advancing off to their right. Young could see two looming figures. One of them was crouched and the other was standing upright. But the dark figures did not act like Marines on maneuvers. How they acted defied any action of a trained Marine in the woods. In fact, the dark figures were not trying to avoid and conceal themselves. Behavior of the two didn't make sense to the two young. Confused, the squad strained to get a better look. They could see no weapons, no clothing, or anything that would indicate what Marines wear on maneuvers. The moon lit them up just enough to see fingers on their hands some 30 yards away. Young figured that it had to be a pretty big hand to distinguish fingers that far away. It took a while before the Marines realized what they had seen. The next morning, the squad learned that the opposing squad team that they were hunting was actually two kilometers away. They weren't even in the neighborhood. So then, what was it the squad encountered? Young wondered what they had been that they had seen so high up in the timber line. Finally, they began to realize what they had all encountered was two Bigfoot watching them advance up the hill that night. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, just like the uh, Bigfoot got the drop on the Rangers on uh, Tuesday, same kind of thing. These guys are super well-trained in this stuff, and they just walk up on them like, you suck. Aberdeen Proving Grounds, Maryland. Mark Opasenik, Opasenik, excuse me, author of the Maryland Bigfoot Digest, wrote about the Harewood Park monster in 1976. Over time, research has amassed a string of sightings in that region. Briefly, one story was about three boys aged 16 and 17 who testified they saw a bad-smelling, hair-covered, eight-foot Bigfoot three consecutive nights in a row near Harewood Park in Baltimore County, Maryland. It was initially investigated and written up by S. Drover and Bernard Brown in the Info Journal, Volume 7, Number 6, page 4. Then in May of 1976, the Richard Stewart family saw what was called the Harewood Park Monster while they were clearing brush. It was reported in the News American on May 27, 1976. And to the author's knowledge, nothing much has been written about the Harewood Park Monster since the 1970s until 2010 when someone wrote to them through the website. In that email, the writer suggested the missing people in that region could be attributed to what once were several Bigfoot-like creatures being held at a U.S. Army facility at, in Aberdeen, Maryland. The suggestion being that one or more of the captive Bigfoot broke loose at one time. I responded to the letter writer, but could never get a second response. I filed it away and forgot about it. Then in 2011, I received another letter, apparently from a different soldier. The fellow was searching for some update or other information on the Harewood Park monster. 
Unfortunately, I didn't have the answer the man was looking for, but I discovered with the help of Maryland residents, Chuck Prawl and Jay Jackson, that Harewood Park sits across the bay from Aberdeen Proving Grounds. And Aberdeen Proving Grounds is a United States Army facility located in Hartford County, Maryland. It's a secretive test, evaluation, research, and development engineering installation, long considered the best of its kind in the world. Jay Jackson, a chemical engineer and civilian life for Kodak, uh, had been stationed there at one time. How is this related to Bigfoot on the Harewood Park Monster? The informant said he was at one time part of the security detail at Aberdeen and was friends with a cook on the base. He and the cook often drank together off-duty. It was during one of these drinking sessions uh, that the cook told him what the off-limits area of the base had living there. Quote, 20 years ago, I was a snot-nosed kid, and the monsters were things, you know, I couldn't imagine. In the letter, he asked, is it possible the Harewood Park monster is something that escaped from Aberdeen Proving Grounds? I'm not military, so I was unsure about any of this. All I can publish is what was written to me. Continuing on, the informant stated, quote, I met another security guard that worked there at APG, the Aberdeen Proving Grounds, who said they had something like a Bigfoot living there. Referencing the Harewood monster, the guard said, nothing else has ever... <laughs> Nothing else was ever heard of the Bigfoot escapee after the military swept the woods. At least we never heard anything. The informant believed a Bigfoot could have followed the railroad tracks by traveling further west, could have survived by eating out of dumpsters and dog food dishes, that sort of thing. There are one or more instances where Bigfoot have been observed eating from dumpsters, not necessarily near military facilities. Texas, Oklahoma, Washington State, Alaska, Alabama, and California, as well as Canada, all have reports of Bigfoot pillaging dumpsters, also known as dumpster diving. A week later, I discovered Harewood Park is a community next to the railroad tracks in Baltimore County across the river from Hartford County, Maryland. It's only about five miles to Aberdeen Proving Grounds where the creature was thought to be housed and held in a barred, secure, cage-like enclosure. After it escaped, the soldier's theory is, it's quite possible that the Sasquatch traveled several more miles following the railroad tracks where it was reportedly seen eating from dumpsters at a grocery store. I waited for more information from the security guard at the APG, but sadly it never came. Figuring he used a fictitious name, I forgot about the entry. Still, I had a feeling that there might be more to the story than I knew. I discussed the case with Chuck Prawl because of his familiarity with that region in Maryland. Excuse me. And he postulated that Sasquatch could also swim across the bay and may not have taken to the railroad tracks at all. Sasquatch is reportedly a great swimmer. Well, we know that. And for me, this story was hard to imagine. I can report what comes to me, but I know little about the core of military operations and secrecy therein. If there's more to the story, she had not heard it. And I don't think we have time to go on to another one. No, we got about 30 seconds left, my friend. With you tonight on the Cryptid Report. Super Duke, tell everybody where they can find World Bigfoot Radio. You can find World Bigfoot Radio and World Bigfoot Central on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Bright Eon. My support groups are World Bigfoot TV and Montana Bigfoot Project on Facebook and World Bigfoot Central on the MeWe platform. Come on over and visit. Ah, we love you around here, Super Duke. Thank you so much for just another wonderful story on the Cryptid Report. You are one of the best for a reason, and that's why we got you here, my friend. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dave. Always a blast being here. Love your audience. You guys are great. Coming up next, time to get off my lawn. 
Dave 101 time. And I'm going to tell you how I feel about this enigma. And it's not too good. Space Out Radio continues with the final half hour next. Super Duke, Super Duke. Super Dave. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I catch myself in the shower. Super Duke, Super <laughs> Duke. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> Super Dave, he's so brave. Saw Bigfoot didn't run away. And his friend and his son. And those two, they also didn't run. Look out! Here comes Super Dave. All right, I'm going to get to Atlantis's found this question. Have you heard anything about aliens showing up this year with a date? Uh, no, the, the, the closest date that I heard was, uh, and it was only in a year, which was 2025. And then sometime between 2025 and 2060. That's when I heard it. Now, whether that's It takes a while for the invasion fleet to get here from that other nearby star. Yep. They forgot to make a left turn at Albuquerque. You know how it goes. Yeah. They're over by the dog star somewhere taking a whiz. <laughs> All right. I'm going to get out of here so All that right. I can go get on my other computer and watch your awesome uh, crank, cranky complaining about UFO. You know what I love um, about aliens. our chat room now? Every time you walk in, everybody's Super Duke. Super <laughs> Duke. It's all your damn fault. It is my fault, and I'm taking you. credit for that. I am totally yeah, taking I'm, credit for that. I will totally get even yet. You watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> next time you have you, next time you have me on my show, uh, on your show, all of a sudden I'm going to break out the the Super Duke theme song. <laughs> Yeah, right. We'll see about that. Uh-huh. All right, buddy. Get off my lawn, you dang aliens. You Love son you of a Talk gun. Get off my lawn. Uh, God, I love Super Duke. Excuse me. Random guy, random guy. Likes to eat chicken thighs. You haven't heard a real joke until you get drunk with a reptilian. That's funny. That is funny. Good old Super Duke. Good old Super Duke. Super Duke. Super Duke.
Sorry, I'm just getting ready for the news here as well. Robo, thank you so much for adding to the super chat tonight, my friend. Appreciate that. It's awesome. A beautiful super sticker. Random guy, random guy will be in Vegas for party time. By the way, if you want to meet random guy, he'll be at our Vegas party. Hanging on out. I'm not going to tell you who he is. You got to figure out random guy yourself. Eugene Braxton's coming to Vegas. Yeah. It's going to be fun. We got about 35 seconds. Science Bob will be in Vegas. Eric Markham will be in Vegas. Pam Smith will be in Vegas. Thank you to our super chatters, Science Bob, Ed Louie times two, Simon times three, Red Panda, Candy, and Robo. Appreciate your support and love. Want to see you all in Vegas, May 19th to 21st at the Golden Nugget for the second annual fan party. We're going to have fun. Here we go. We've rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate it. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where I tell each and every one of you to get off my lawn. It is time for the Dave 101. Tonight's show, we were talking about the Enigma Labs and the fact that there seems to be a lot of secrecy going around this new UFO group, business, whatever you want. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. 
Oh yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and oh, now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. I never thought I'd care about gardening until I bought a house in the suburbs. But now I find myself in conversations about liquid fertilizer, and I wonder, am I the fertilizer guy now? (laughs) No, no way. Everyone knows the ratio between phosphorus and nitrogen, right? Yeah, I'm still totally cool. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. want to call them. And... The fact that they're not giving out who works for them, who is setting it up, who owns this private company, what they're all about, what their mission is, it all seems very suspicious. And in the UFO world, the one thing that I have learned over the last few years, if it's suspicious, there's probably some nefariousness involved as well. See, Enigma, I can use big words too. The fact that they want to set up a sightings report system, which will probably lead to a really good set of analytics, maybe even apps that you can download on your phone for real-time sightings, is exciting. But what I don't like about it is secrecy. We in the UFO world are tired of secrecy. We're tired of the UFO world preaching to us what we can and cannot see. Whether it's the U.S. government, whether it's the military, or now Enigma Labs. They are asking for your information. They are asking for your sightings. They are asking for everything about what happened to you. Whether it's seeing dots in the sky or having alien intervention. Yet... They don't want to tell you who they are. Why not? What is the big secret? Don't sit here and tell me you're afraid of UFO Twitter or a few trolls that are on Twitter that may harass you with some tough questions. Because all you're doing right now is digging that hole that you don't want to be a part of. That hole is by not giving information. You see, information comes with trust. If I don't trust you, I'm not giving you anything. I'm not giving you my name. I'm not giving you my address, my email, my phone number, my date of birth, or the names of my children, or what color sink I have in my bathroom. I'm not doing that. And this reminds me a lot of the TTSA. When the To The Stars Academy came out in 2017 and Tom DeLonge stood at a press conference in Seattle where there was no press for that press conference, I started seeing red flags right off the bat. After that press conference, when there was no media questioning, I knew there was no press there. That was red flag number one. How do you call a press conference without any press? or follow-up questions. You can't. Then I remember going to the TTSA website. 
the original website, which did not include the words UFO, UAP, flying saucers, or whatever you want to call them. You could not find them or aliens or extraterrestrial on the website. Yet here they were saying that they were a disclosure group, but their website had nothing to do with disclosure or UFOs. When I look at the Enigma website, I get red flags all over the place. In reading what we read during this show, there's a lot of words, there's a lot of conjecture, but there's not a lot of substance. Using big words to enhance your grammar doesn't mean that it looks smart. In fact, what we read is pretty silly, and I encourage all of you to go to the enigmalabs.io and read it for yourself. If you're wondering, huh, what's Dave talking about? Or just go back in our archives on this show, and we show it all to you right there. I'm telling my audience right now, and I hope you heed my words. If you have a UFO experience, if you have an encounter, if you have an experience with extraterrestrials, I would not personally feel comfortable in putting my information forward to Enigma. There are too many questions and not enough answers. And look, their tweet earlier in the day says it all. Where they say they are not part of any government or affiliated with anybody, yet they are working with Arrow and NASA in the same tweet. Look, you may not be affiliated business-wise, but as long as you are working with government agencies, you are affiliated. One way or another, you have taken that step and have become affiliated with them. It may not say so on paper to make it official, but when you're tweeting it out, it pretty much makes sense. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist or any sort of genius to know that you're in cahoots with the government. How does a group that is this fresh, this new, all of a sudden out of nowhere get invited to speak at a private UFO conference with NASA? How does that work? Does that not bring red flags to all of you? We are missing something huge in ufology. MUFON won't do it because they want to play with the government. Enigma is all about the dots and all about the government. Where's the watchdog groups that are looking out for people like you and me? Where are they? Who can we trust? Because right now I can say there are maybe a handful of groups that are trustworthy. But how many of those groups would sell the farm to be a part of Enigma or to be able to give the government any sort of traction towards your personal information. And that's what it comes down to. Look, we know, and there will be people out there who will say, the government already has my stuff. They know what I'm born. They have a copy of my birth certificate. They've got my social insurance number. They know my address. They know how much I pay in taxes. They know where I work. Everything is online. They already know. So what is the difference? Well, the difference is they don't know you may be a UFO experiencer. 
And they may use that for what? I'm pretty sure it's more than just calculations. Do you really want to give your government any further control of your life? If you're abducted by aliens, if you're one of the people who out there is and have had that experience, do you really need the government who is covering up this subject to know that this is happening to you? Think about that. They're not going to give you the answer why, but now they know. Trust is a very tough thing to build in this field. I should know. We've been doing this show for eight years. And building trust with an audience is hard. And I don't even ask my audience for personal information. Like, where do you live? How many children do you have? Who's your eyewitnesses with you? What kind of vehicle do you drive? And there are tons more questions that I don't ask. Because it's none of my business. And it really should be none of enigmas as well. But yet here they are asking for your dedication and your donations, even though a billionaire named Peter Thiel is allegedly funding this project. They still want your money and they're not giving you any answers. One thing about the UFO community that many people in my conversations recently have told me is what is up with Enigma Labs? Are they going to be good for the UFO community? I had one person message me today and state, dude, this enigma is creepy AF. You can figure out the acronym on your own. We don't know what is happening in the UFO world right now because everything is becoming very secretive, especially in D.C., And that is bothersome. And this is why I may sound like a broken record. But ladies and gentlemen and friends of this show, there is no such thing as disclosure. We are fighting for confirmation of the phenomena. Well, how does this tie into Enigma? It ties in because already they are keeping secrets. And they are already putting blame on places like UFO Twitter, people of of uh, research like John Greenwald from the Black Vault or, or Stephen Greenstreet from the New York Post. Love them or hate them. They are already saying, we don't want these guys harassing us, so we're not going to put out any names. What are you afraid of, Enigma? You're afraid of a few bad words on Twitter? You shouldn't be. You've got the bucks behind you not to worry about it. No, when a group comes in like that and says, we have all the answers, but we're not going to tell you anything, that should be a red flag for you. And for you to tell your experience or friends, do not go to Enigma. Do not give them any information or anything that is personal. No, this is where... The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. 
Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and 10 times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. You have to stand up for yourself and relate to yourself that your information is a lot more important than their statistics. And when they can't even put a picture of one person on their website to date that works for this company, why the big secret? What is the secret all about? Look, you don't have to agree with me or my stance on UFOs or disclosure or confirmation or whatever it may be. But if Enigma is going to be taking personal information we as a public have a right to know where is that information going. Is it going to the government's highest bidder? Is it going to the Pentagon? Is it going to university study? Where is it going? There are a plethora of reporting ag- agencies pardon me, within the U.S. government and universities and scientific research buildings that would love to get their hands on information like that. And most of the time, without even knowing or asking questions, we as the human sheep graciously provide it to them. This is a subject that continues to be swept under the rug for secrecy hidden under a national security threat that we don't even know is a threat in the United States. Remember, threat narratives bring a lot of zeros on a budget. Now, I'm not saying Enigma is tied to the government, but if Peter Thiel, the 4.2 billionaire, is the one funding this, it has ties to Facebook, it has ties to PayPal, and many other social media aspects. How is that going to be for your information? Now, a lot of people will say, Dave, don't be paranoid. They're saying in their statements that they aren't doing anything. They're going to keep your information private, just as like they're going to keep their information private. Yeah, we saw MUFON do the same thing with Robert Bigelow and tried to do the same thing just a few short years ago with the Two of the Stars Academy. How did that go over? Didn't go over very well with the public. So the point that I'm saying here, people, is this. Enigma Labs in the UFO world is one of those companies that I'm going to recommend to you. Do not give you them your information. In fact, sit back and see where they go with this. Because if you're like me, you're not going to have a very comfortable, comfortable seat watching what they do or where they take your information. 
Your information is yours and yours alone. Keep it private, especially with a company that won't tell you what they're all about. And that is your Dave 101. Let me know what you think down below if you're on our YouTube channel. I'm always interested in your opinions, and I do read them. So please uh, do me that favor. And if you like this blog, share it on your social media. We appreciate that. Now it's time for the news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Pink News. Let's get right to it. Two men in India were killed by a knife. Yeah, what? Two men in India were killed by knife-wielding roosters in separate brutal incidents. The men were watching cockfights in different districts on the past weekend to mark the three-day Hindu festival of Sankranti. The victim, uh, one of them, Gande Rao, prepared his rooster for a fight by tying blades to its claws. The animated crowd, however, spooked Rao's prized cock. Yes, I said prized cock. Causing it to fly in the air and land on the odor, which resulted in the bladed claws slashing the victim's leg. That same night in East Godavari district, an unlucky spectator was also killed by a knife-wielding cock when the fan who was standing too close to the action, got hit by the bladed bird, sliced a key nerve in the man's hand during the fight, and he bled out on the way to hospital being declared dead. Cockfights are banned in India, yet are still common in rural areas, especially bred birds, roosters, obviously, have knives or blades affixed to their legs as spectators bet on which one will win the horrific fight. It is considered a cognizable offense under India's Prevention of Cruelty to Animals Act to incite any animal to fight and to organize cockfights. Stay away from knife-wielding cocks. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on, a man wearing a Jesus Saves t-shirt was told he either had to take off his t-shirt or leave the Mall of America in Minneapolis earlier this month, and he left without incident. A security guard at the huge mall can be heard on video telling the man, if you want to shop here, you need to take off that shirt. Another part of the video shows the same guard saying, Jesus is associated with religion and it's offending people. People have been offended. The video was taken on January 7th and recently created a buzz online. Now there has even been a protest organized at the mall where everyone will wear similar shirts. A spokesperson for the Mall of America uh, said that the man was allowed to remain in the mall following the interaction while still wearing his shirt. This despite the fact guards can clearly be heard threatening to give him the boot. The complaints likely stem from the fact that the back of his shirt crossed out symbols from other religions and read, Jesus is the only way. The man can be heard saying he didn't speak and was only going to Macy's, but he allegedly had been asked on a different day to leave them all because he was preaching. A group of Bloomington Patriots plans to hold a demonstration at the mall February 4th and asking attendees to wear Jesus shirts. Moving on. The BBC has apologized after pornographic noises were played on air during the broadcaster's live coverage of an FA Cup match, apparently via mobile phone that a prankster had hidden in the studio. The noises interrupted the coverage presented by former England striker Gary Lineker before the match between Wolverhampton and Liverpool. Come on, it's soccer. 
The hooligans know what this is all about. As Sabotage goes, it was quite amusing, Lineker said. Well, of course it's amusing. Of course it is. The BBC appeared to be less amused and issued a statement saying, We apologize to any viewers offended during the live coverage of the football this evening. A self-ascribed YouTube prankster who calls himself Jarvo tweeted that he was behind the stunt and posted a video showing him calling the phone to activate the sounds. Jarvo, whose real name is Daniel Jarvis, was banned in October from all sporting events in England and Wales for two years after running onto the pitch during cricket test matches between England and India in September 21 and barged, barging into England batter Johnny Bairstow. Oh, you never want to upset Johnny Bairstow. That's for sure. And finally tonight, this is serious pizza talk here. A Pennsylvania man held a pizza delivery driver hostage because, well, the driver forgot his drink. Yeah, Leo Lamont Tony, 42 years old, ordered a pizza pie from Primo's about a kilometer away. The driver told police that he began to walk away from the customer's apartment. Tony asked, hey, where's my soda? Yeah, the driver told police when he began to walk away from the customer's apartment, the, dri- the customer wasn't too happy. The driver didn't give him his drink. Tony allegedly pulled the man inside and locked the door. According to an affidavit, the delivery man said he managed to escape by pushing Tony, fled the scene, and immediately contacted police. Cops arrived at the apartment to arrest the accused who smelled of alcohol, had slurred speech. It's unknown if Tony, who goes by the name of Pooker, actually ordered a beverage or if he just expected one to come with the pizza. And now he's faced with one count of false imprisonment. Some people all over a pizza. It's amazing, isn't it? We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, don't make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. 
This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.